welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Welcome to a very special episode of Hey Ass Butt. The hey. Winchester's edition. The Winchester's edition. We're doing it, baby. Hey, Winchess. Buddy. Why Why did I hate that so much? <laughs> Your knees must be hurting from how far of a leap you just made. <laughs> Buddy, how are your glutes feeling? Are they feeling stretched? <laughs> Yo, my shoulders are fucking tight. I'll tell you that much. Oh, maybe you should go get that those uh, knots taken care of instead of whatever the whatever that just was. <laughs> no hell. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about the first two episodes of the Winchesters. I, I um, have a question before yeah. we get started. Did okay. You, when we started this show back in the year blah 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 back in the before times back in back you know we were younger more naive uh dare i say less depressed um did you ever think we would be here discussing a hundred percent no not at all one i didn't think that the supernatural would have ended like there, that never even crossed my mind back right. in twenty. And I never, even if it did end, I never saw any spinoff happening because um, like, they all fucking died. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the last time we were looking at a post supernatural project, it was well, Walker. Technically, the boys, but Walker. Well, yeah. And I think all of us were like, "There's no way it's going to get a season two this is the end, this is a this is a death knell, right? Like, the show yeah. is already mm-hmm. so bad. And we we doubted the force of Jared Padalecki and fans of Walker, Texas Ranger, and yes, we, we did. the Supernatural fan base, because Walker is in season two. Yeah. Might and get I a third season. I've, Honestly, yeah, I, I haven't kept up get with get a third. Really? Um, I mean... That's just my that's just my thoughts on it. I don't know if it's confirmed. The point of the matter is, we were wrong. Oh no, we're it's in season three right now. It's in season three right now. It yeah. might get a fourth season. <laughs> I don't know Jesus. about that. There's like I, no, I'm talking. There's no way. I, hey, I'm talking season three, episode four of Walker drops this week. Okay. Okay. Like <sighs> this week, even as the listeners are listening to it, y'all. I am concerned <laughs> that Walker think, might be the next Supernatural. Hey, actually, if you're listening to this episode, how is that episode of Walker that you just watched yesterday? <laughs> literally, literally, the CW is like, we've never made any money. Why would we start now? Yeah, fuck. Why Why bother? We have already hit rock bottom. The, oh the only way to go is up. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. What's the... What's the concern, guys? What is the... Literally, the expectations are so low. And yet, somehow... I, I, some, I think... Some I think... <laughs> I think Robbie Ben wanted Tom- to ask, ask a question along these lines. Sorry. I will... Yeah, okay, Ben, ask your question, because I think we might have the same question. It is the same. Well, so the question I was going to start with for this episode is... It's very simple... Because all three of us watched both the first episodes of the show. Very simply, thumbs up, thumbs down. 
Where do you stand? Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'm gonna I'll go say first. This. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Ben. Fucking solid middle thumb. Like it, it's. That yeah. it's, hey, that's my answer yes. too. That is hey, my answer I, too. I'm saying I'm leaning towards a thumbs up. Me I'm like too. middle middle thumb towards a thumbs up, y'all. Honestly, honestly, <sighs> you are not wrong. Now, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. The first episode was rough. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to episode two. Yo, episode what two? did I? What did I literally just say when we were, we were talking the other day? I was like, we were talking about doing uh, the Winchesters, and I like, I was like, let's watch both episodes one and two. Because like Supernatural, episode two was where it brought it in. <laughs> for real. For for real. I I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked and amazed. Yeah. <laughs> but here's my uh, next question. Okay. Do we think it's gonna last? Like, do you think they're gonna get a season two? Ooh. See, I haven't taken the temperature online about the Winchesters. Like, it's just been out of my window at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. is like, we were all very pessimistic about Walker, and here we are. But, I, I want to believe, yes, it'll at least get a second season. And I want to say that because not only is Jensen, like... A, what's he uh he's a producer or something on this yeah. they are tying it into supernatural lore at large by having it be a story that dean is telling in character yes so i think i think it'll get sustained by the supernatural community i honestly really hope so because i truly okay so now the, I'll say I don't know if I can watch fifteen seasons of this. No, oh, hell no. Oh no, definitely not. God no. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I can definitely watch three. Yeah, two yeah. or three is fair. Honestly, I'd commit to five. I, mm. I I'd watch a minimum of sixty episodes of this. Yeah. No, that's valid. That's fair and valid. Yeah. I'm sticking to two to three. Three maximum. Mm-hmm. Three, like, and then we have a new writer's strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when it really gets good. <laughs> yeah. I really so, think there's there's only so much you can tell in this storyline, though. Well, that's no. true. We, we are, well... See, I mean, you, you, can, you can tell up to November 3rd, 1986, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Or whatever the, his birthday is. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I think the scope of the story they're trying to tell is going to be <sighs> okay. So in this first, in these first two episodes, they have set up much like they did in the original Supernatural series. John and Mary meet. John gets pulled into the hunter lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, which I am curious to see, like, how they um, smooth that over with the 
first shows meta, right? Um, where John didn't know what hunting was until after Mary's death. Right. Um, oh, by the way, there are so many little moments here where I was like, uh, yeah, and John didn't learn anything from this, and John's terrible. Uh, I sense... I, I, I just want to go back and say May May 2nd, 1983. That's... Uh, oh, yeah, that's Sam's birthday. That's Yeah, that's when they can talk up to it. Yeah. But basically, they've done the same thing. There is an overarching mystery slash plot line that we have to take care of. In the first show, it was finding dad, then dealing with the death of their dad and what John told Dean about Sam, the children of hell plot line, et cetera, et cetera, right? In mm-hmm. this show, it's something called the Akrita. Akrita, yeah. Um who are these monsters that we have never heard before? Like, yeah. never heard of. Or like they're a cult or something. But apparently they are a giant threat to literally everything on Earth. And I, I, what, I'm, what, I get, what I guess I'm getting at here is I can definitely see like the writers of the show being like, okay, we have set up one thing that they have to do. They have mm. to defeat the Ekrita. Yeah. And then once that's done, the show can be over. You know? We wrap up everybody's storyline. We get John and Mary on the path to their death. Suh. And we call it a day. Yeah. Honestly, John and Mary are not who I'm here for. Yeah. yeah I can let's, agree with that. Let's be real out the gate. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, I'm here. I'm here for Mary a little bit. Oh, really? I'm. Yeah. Man, I got halfway through the second episode, and I was like, I have no emotional attachments to either of these characters. I most of the criticisms I have actually center around John and Mary, but Mary more. But oh, I get, okay. I get where they're going with her. And I get For the sure. character development they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, she's just a little too one note for me to really yeah. enjoy. But that could, I mean, there's only two episodes out. That could change. Oh, yeah. I, right? I, I, I feel what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and, and, and honestly, what's more is I think the chemistry between John and Mary right now is pretty bad. Um, yeah. They tried some flirty banter, and it's. It's real awful, y'all. Yeah, it's, um, it, it wasn't great. As as a I fanfic think reader, it's real fucking bad. <laughs> both both of these episodes, but more heavily the first episode, had a lot of people don't talk like that syndrome. Oh, yeah. yes. Which I think is just every CW show at this point. Hmm. Yeah, but I like, got, there, yeah. There's like a CW accent. You know? It's the Riverdale effect. It... <laughs> no, I don't know if that's true. But you know what I mean? And it's really a Joss Whedon is to blame for all of this. Yeah. That's valid. That's fair and valid even. I will say I agree. There is a lot of dialogue, especially in the first episode, that I'm just like, nobody talks like this. Nobody has these conversations. I think the worst of the flirty 
dialogue banter was in the beginning of the episode john buys mary coffee and she takes a sip and she's like oh coffee and john goes i figured you'd like your coffee like your worldview black as night terrible yeah. terrible line awful yeah. hated it <sighs> Pref- delivered with all the personality of a brick wall right and mm-hmm. then at the end of the episode, to show that Mary has come around to their little partnership, Mary buys him a coffee coffee, and goes, I figured you'd like a coffee like your worldview. Too sweet. And I was just like, really? You guys hinged it on the coffee line. You thought that needed a callback. Okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no. Um... Can I share a concern I have? Absolutely. Okay. So this show is being marketed as a supernatural love story, right? This show is not just about John and Mary being hunters and kicking ass and saving the world. It's also about their relationship. Yes. And I fear that nobody on the writing staff really has um, experience writing romance and I think then, the I think the relationship side of it's going to suffer because of that a little bit. I feel I like none so of them too. have been in romance before. Both of y'all Here's... were talking at the same time, so Ben, you go Sorry. first because I didn't get that. Oh, I just said I don't think anybody on the writing staff has been in romance before. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I think I think here's what I think. What if that's just marketing? Like. That's true. What if that's just pure marketing? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a CW exec that was like, Supernatural Love Story, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And what I think is we're going to get Supernatural 2, the prequel, Electric Boogaloo, Scooby-Doo edition. <laughs> oh, yes. We have to talk about the fact that they're Scooby-Doing it up. Yeah. They are yeah. Scooby-Doing it up. And I love it. Oh, me too. I gotta say, like, I mean, you know what? I, Sam I, and I loved needed? it from from the trailer when they did the reveal trailer with the rest of the Scooby Doo team. Yes, I was like, yes, absolutely. And I know where you're going. What Sam and Dean needed was a Scooby Doo gang, and you're absolutely right. They needed specifically Carlos. <laughs> yeah. They needed Carlos. I absolutely. need Carlos. Everyone needs Carl a Carlos in their life. And I don't mean it as the gay best friend stereotype. I mean it as just a total dumb bitch. (laughs) Carlos is the, Carlos is that Patton Oswalt bit about, have you seen that one where it's like, he's, he's, I'll, I'll do the gay best friend, but I just want to be dumb as shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's Carlos right now. And I am living for it. Also, we stand a bisexual king. I had to say this. Okay, so first of all, Carlos is not gay. He is bisexual. And what's more, I don't know if you caught this, but in the pilot, and this is another one of my fears, I I am, right now, I am the no fear meme. (laughs) This is another (laughs) one of my fears. Carlos is accused of having a crush on Mary. Do you see where I'm going Mm, with this? Yes. Um, Lata says, and Lata is another a member of the Scooby-Doo gang, and she is so adorable, and I love her as well. Um, 
but Lata is like, hey, you still have a crush on Mary. And I'm just like, God, please, no love triangles. Do we really need to give John a... We already know how it's going to end. We know they're going to get married. Do we really need to give John a fabulous like, bisexual like rival? <laughs> love <Yeah>. rival? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was just in episode one, yeah? Like, there, yeah. I didn't... There wasn't any hints of that in episode two. No, in episode two, he's 100% fallen into dumb, bitchy, gay best friend role. <laughs> yeah. But... I and, think I think they hit certain pegs for the pilot to help it get approved. Mm-hmm. And now what I'm hoping is they're just going to do whatever they want now that it's been greenlit. Well, when a pilot goes into production, the pilot is what sells the television show. So it is very often, and you see this a lot in TV, where you'll see, like, actors be recast or things be rewritten or stuff get, um, you know changed or taken away and the reason for that is because it went in front of executive and test audiences and they were like we like this but we hate this recast this person change this blah 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 a very good example that i you know have off the dome is um psych yes uh in the pilot episode of psych lassiter had a partner who he was sleeping with Mm -hmm. uh secretly And and then they changed that by episode two yes um, and brought in Juliet mm-hmm. uh, to be a love interest for Sean. I don't think that was the original plan. I think they were originally going to have this, you know, or maybe it was, and I'm just like completely talking about nonsense. But um, I mean, whatever, it, whatever it was, Juliet made the show better. Oh, 100 percent, and I can absolutely see that. But if Carlos is meant to be bisexual, if he did have a crush on Mary, I will say as long as they don't go the love triangle route, unless they ended in a threesome, which is, in my personal opinion, the best way to fix the love triangle. Um, I say just go for the 4G. Fuck it. Oh, first of all, you know the Scooby-Doo gang were polyamorous. Yeah. And Shaggy watched. So, like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, Mary, John, Carlos, triad, when? <laughs> like, when is that happening? <laughs> I want it. But if, if it's if not show... a love triangle, then Carlos being this flamboyant bisexual man, yes, I need more mm. of that. I need 1,000% more of that. Um, You never get to see it, and it would be amazing. Please, mm. please give it to me. I have been such a good such a good person and i deserve it <laughs> cw are you listening robbie <laughs> robbie please okay that's it that's all i have to say about that for right now what's that show on netflix with all the siblings they're not really siblings but they're like superheroes god what it's the comic was done by um oh you're talking about um from MCR, yeah. The Umbrella um, Academy. Umbrella Academy. I do feel like Carlos is... God, uh, Klaus? I get those vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like somebody saw the Umbrella Academy and was like, that's what the Winchesters needs. And they were, they were pretty right about that. I do feel like... 
when my only worry about the show is that we're going to get that weird rom-com fight in the middle that like happens for no reason and then they make up over nothing between John and Mary. Oh, that's mm. definitely going to happen. Yeah, that's going to happen a couple of times probably mm-hmm. if the show keeps going. Yeah. But so I just looked up the Winchesters as like you can't just search the Winchesters on AO3. You have to specifically search the Winchesters TV 2022. Oh, are we talking about the fact that <laughs> to, people are to get the show. ship John and Carlos together? Yeah. Uh, so the first one, so I found 22 works so far. Mm-hmm. The first one, John Winchester, Mary, Mary Campbell, Carlos, uh, Lada, like all four of them just all slashed. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and then later on, we've got the era of free love, baby. Listen, they are in love. They all have two hands. They all want to smooch. I'm not accepting questions at this time. Pre asshole John. I know there are only two episodes, but I love these kids so much. Fluff. I'll remember how to tag this fix soon. This okay. Hold on. I don't. I don't know who you are, fanfic writer. Author comment, uh, or like comment afterwards. Oh no, here's the description. John, Carlos, John, Mary, and uh, Latica decide to take a little break and blow off some steam. They also have just scored four tickets to see Led Zeppelin and use it as an excuse to let the job go for a few days. Uh, parentheses, I seri- I haven't seriously written a fic like this in a really long time, so please be gentle with feedback is encouraged. Oh, God. I love to see it. First of all, and I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. Replace the word American with fanfic, and I hope (laughs) won't forget the fanfic authors who died to give that right to me. And I'll proud. Okay, and we're done with that. But the point still stands. Amazing. 10 out of 10. Uh, Go ahead and share that in the chat, Travis. Oh, yeah. um, 100%. Don't be coy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to share it. Okay, um, that's amazing. I love that. In fact, also, I may even read it. Also, <laughs> pre-asshole John, <laughs> amazing. So true. Yeah. So true, bestie. <laughs> there was this moment in episode two. Um, episode two, the main plot is about a murdering tree. And let me tell you, when I saw that, I lost my mind. Oh, yeah, Never okay. Before. Okay, there were so many... One, there were already a lot of similarities to Wendigo. Yes. I I felt like. In the woods. In the woods. Uh, Hunting. Creepy thing. uh, Creepy thing comes and gets people. Oh, uh, mimics. Mimicking stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but they actually got the monster right. That... Oh, I, yeah. I did a very I did a very surface level search of Tunda, and um, this is just from a Wikipedia. Tunda, Spanish La Tunda, is a myth of a Pacific coastal region of Colombia and Ecuador, particularly the Afro-Colombian community, um, about a shape shifting entity entity resembling a human female that lures people into the forest and keeps them there. It is capable of changing shape uh, to appear in the form of a loved one as the likeness of a child's mother to lure its victims into the forest to feed them to, to okay to feed them with shrimps to keep them docile. Um, uh, that tracks shrimp would also yeah. tame me. 
Her shape-shifting abilities are said to be imperfect, as this doppelganger of sorts would always have a wooden leg in the shape of a uh, kitchen utensil. And uh, the monster, however, is very cunning when trying to hide this defect from would-be victims. In other situations, it appears as male loggers or hunters working deep in the jungle uh, as beautiful women that try to lure a man away so it can reveal its hideous nature and suck the blood or devour him uh, to uh, as a animal like a bear. So, so they got it right. That is amazing because honestly, I didn't have time to do a freak of the week. So thank you for doing that, Travis. You're welcome. Um, so real quick, I've, I want to touch on this point, but then we got to talk about this is less of a before we started recording, we were like, we're going to have this kind of be organized. And then we got into it. And now we're just like, <laughs> we're just like fangirling right now because we are yeah. so shocked <laughs> by how good it is. Um, but we I, I, I do have I do. Have I'm going to say I'm going to watch episode three. Oh, me too. For sure. I think we should maybe. Oh. Careful. Let's not say anything. But Careful. The, the point is, the point is, is that, um, so episode two is about John having, like, it's also about this, you know, murder tree, which amazing, 10 out of 10, we love, we stand, we love. Um, but it's also about John's relationship with his mother and um, Henry, the fact that mm-hmm. Henry like dipped out on them, and we know what happened to Henry. He was sent to the future where he was killed uh, <laughs> during a Men of Letters ritual. Very typical yeah. run of the mill stuff. Uh, but John and Millie, who is John's mother, don't know that yet. Also, Millie is such a milf. Absolutely. And yeah. do we want to start a countdown to her death? Because she is not. Oh. She's not making it. <laughs> oh, don't break my heart no, in this way. You know it's, it's true. All right, I know the, it's true. You know. Here's it's the true. question: It's going to happen this season. Is it going to happen in the middle of the season or at the end of the season? Oh, uh, honestly, I could see it as a hail mary hey. for the mid-season finale, but my gut tells me end of the season. That's my gut. Yeah, that's what mine's saying, too. Yeah. Um, but it's about his relationship with his mom. And his mom, the reason why uh, Millie and John are fighting is because Millie's like, you're walking out, too. Your dad disappeared, and now you're leaving. And John's so resistant to this because he's upset that Henry didn't trust him with the information of the men of letters. Yeah. But he was a child. I don't know. Henry is a complicated character. He's also a victim of circumstance. He really did his best, you know? Mm. It is not his fault that he got sent to the future and then died after meeting his tall grandsons. (laughs) Like, he didn't ask for that, you know? Yeah. No, he didn't. Um... And this episode ends with John and Millie reconciling, and it's super cute. But there's this one moment where Millie is basically talking about how he wants, she wants John to be safe, and that's what she cares about. She wants him to come home. She doesn't really care about his coming of age adventure. And Millie goes, maybe when you have children, you'll understand. 
not said, but obviously understood, you know, not wanting mm-hmm. to put them in danger. No, John does not feel that way. <laughs> John, John's favorite activity is putting children in danger. So it's like the thing he does the most. <laughs> so he definitely, uh, yeah. I just thought that was funny. Anyways, uh, do you guys want to talk about how good the monsters are? Yeah, they were good. Mm-hmm. The I I love how in um, episode one they had the Luguru, which I yes. guess is still a, a Ruguru. Like, is it the same thing? Again, I didn't look they, it up, but I think it's like a Ruguru's cousin. Yeah, because it started with L, like Luguru? See, I don't know. Lou makes me think... Ca- it was in New Orleans, so it was probably some Cajun shit. Yeah, it's definitely French. Lou makes me think, like, werewolf. Right. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up later, but I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, but it looked dope. Like, no more humans with different colored contacts for this group. At least for now. Yeah, at I'm, least... Like, I'm holding out hope, but so far, the monsters have been good. Mm-hmm. So, the Lugaru is believed to be a cursed man. In the French-Canadian tradition, a Lugaru is often guilty of not being a good Christian. For example, people who did not confess during Easter could be cursed to become werewolves. So, it is sort of a... Right, so it's a, so it's a Puritan thing. Yeah, uh, may also <laughs> take the form of a calf, small ox, pig, cat, or even an owl. Learn your history. It is a Catholic thing. French Canadian? Um, yeah. yeah, that is Catholic. Travis. Mm. Disappointed, yeah. Um, not really. Uh, I'm going to say this. We're all at risk of becoming Lutherans. Sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, not me. I work for a church. But have you been confessing in the Catholic tradition? Yeah, I can confess whenever I want. I can just text my boss and be like, hey, Reverend. I committed three murders Here's... the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, all right, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, appreciate it, bud. <laughs> Your boss doesn't call you bud? That's weird. <laughs> um, I would say this, even though the... Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I think the demons are better. We've only seen like one demon though, right? We've seen like two to three. But I stand by what I said. I mean, the one that we see in the first episode is like the dude that harasses John, and then it um, possesses somebody else, and they fight ostensibly the same demon. Mm -hmm. I did have a weird question about, like, you know, when we first meet demons in Supernatural, they just kind of, like, wipe the floor with humans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this was actually an issue that I had. Hmm. Um, we've had so many years of Supernatural with demons as jobbers that we've kind of lost the weight of demons along the way. Yes. And I kind of hate that we are in a lore where demons are still jobbers, although not as much because they do say they don't have a way to kill demons. Right. Like, they can still only exercise them. Yeah, yes. but we got two MacGuffins, like, in between these episodes that really help. Like, John got 
a possession or anti-possession charm by happenstance, but not really happenstance. Right. And then they get that box from that crypt that just like sucks demon fart clouds into it. Oh, see, I don't think the box is going to be used every episode. I mean, it's yeah. definitely not. The box is broken. Yeah. Like, they used it once, and mm. then they couldn't use it the second episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. Well, gonna... they, tried to, they tried to use it on that witch thing, but that's not a demon, so. Well, yeah, yeah and they tried to use it on the zombies that they came across at the beginning of the second episode, and um, it broke. Mm-hmm. And then Ada was trying to fix it. I have some questions about her, by the way. Um, but getting back to that. So, yes, I would agree with you. The demons are not what I would like them to be. I want. I would have preferred it if Mary hadn't been able to kick one's ass. This is actually yeah. kind of an issue that I get into with Mary. Because she's a little hyper capable yeah yeah and i would like to see her struggle a bit more i think i think she's going to struggle emotionally she's going to you know that's what they're doing with her she's a super badass Mm -hmm. she's this amazing hunter she grew up in the life but she is not great with people you know she's having a hard time being a team player she's got too much of her dad in her uh she's also got a lot of her older son in her too Oh. And they're making John to be very much Sam. Yes, which the irony there is not lost on me. But honestly, yeah, is something that I actually really enjoy. Um, mm. There were a couple of moments where Mary said something, and I was like, "All right, Dean." Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okie dokie, Dean. Mm. Um. But. Okie dokie. Yeah, oh, maybe this is why I didn't really enjoy her character very much. But honestly, I think it's less like the deaniness of her and more. I knew this was how they were going to go with her. And I just don't like the actress very much. Yeah. To be fair, I don't like John's actor either. Like, I think they're both kind of. Yeah, wooden. so I I was just doing some um, IMDb-ing mm-hmm. and of all of the younger cast like Drake Roger who was John him and Carlos have the least acting experience this is actually Carlos's first acting gig uh, what at was least he his before first... that a model because he is beautiful yeah so this is his this is his first credit on IMDB so, I mean, not to say that it's not his first acting acting gig, mm-hmm. but this is his first, like, television credit as yeah. far as IMDb is concerned. Drake Roger looks like he had some parts in some stuff that I've never even heard of. He's known for Quiet in My Town, The In-Between, and Murder RX. Don't know. Oh. Um, um oh. I just found Jojo Flightus's Instagram and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. I'll uh, definitely learn the correct way to say it, but they are non-binary and they fit. use they them pronouns. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I believe it is Felites. Felites. That makes more sense cuz 
they are Hispanic. Also, they are beautiful. Like, I, yeah, holy I gotta, crap. I gotta, I gotta follow them on Instagram. Oh too. yeah, for sure. Um, so Meg and Meg, who is Mary, and Nita, who is Lada, mm-hmm. um, they have more acting experience as far as like TV goes. Uh, Mary uh, McDonnelly was in High School Musical, the musical, the series in 2022. She was in Zombies Addison's Monster Mystery. Um, Um, She actually did the whole zombie series and is why she looks so familiar to me. Mm -hmm. So Zombies is kind of a... It's one of those series where it's like, oh, we're doing a metaphor for racial prejudice, but with a monster again. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. Um, and basically, Meg Donnelly's character is like this cheerleader who is part zombie or something or has like zombie characteristics that she has to hide. And she mm-hmm. falls in love with a zombie zombie who, you know, is one of the first zombies to integrate their human school. I don't know. It's a whole thing. I haven't seen it, but um, I've seen like videos around the internet uh, talking about it. And then Nita Kershied has uh, bit parts in some places. She was in Adversity. Mm-hmm. And she was also in the first episode of Station 19, which if you have not watched Station 19 or read the book. Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of a different... I'm thinking of a different TV series slash book. This is this is propaganda, but it's firefighters. Never mind. Da, 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 da. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of a different post-apocalyptic thing that's on HBO Max. Um, not to take a not to take a little turn, but they got. I was thinking of Station Eleven, which got... made me weep. Watch Station Eleven. Okay. Or read the book. I shall. Also, I am shocked that they got Tom Welling to play Samuel Campbell. I'm not that shocked. Tom Welling is the guy who played uh, Clark Kent in Smallville. Oh, I thought his face was familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so when you were talking about John being wooden, I think it's because he hasn't acted in television very much. Yeah. I'm hoping he gets better. And again, part of that could be the dialogue. I just, I, and, and I haven't seen anything else that um, Mary's actress has been in either. And mm-hmm. that she could be a very fine actress who just is getting bad direction. It's entirely possible. But I mean, this episode was both of these episodes were written by Robbie Thompson, so yeah, take it as you will. You know how we feel about Robbie Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Robbie. Oh, Robbie. Oh, Robbie. But um, you know, here's hoping they. They improve. They. I yeah. I'm hoping that all four of these mains will grow into their roles, kind of like how Jared and Jensen grew into Sam and Dean. Yes, and again, Carlos Lata knocking it out of the park. Hundred percent. 
amazing. I only wish to see more of them. Oh, here's another thing that made me kind of hate Mary. She hates Cabaret. Yeah, that was, what did I you, did think that was very funny, but also Mary. Mary, really? what did you hate about it? Was it the music? Um, if you're talking about the movie, the excellent direction, the stunning choreography from Fosse in one of his finest works. Uh, was it the acting or the dark story about the rise of Nazis? Was it the queer representation? What what was it that um you hated about Cabaret, Mary? Because that is a masterwork in in both film and musical form. What what's going on? What's going on with that? So that's how I feel about that. That is my that's that's my takeaway on her. I mean, it's hardcore. Yeah. They're writing her to be Dean. <laughs> it very much makes sense that she would not enjoy cabaret. No, I know. I, I. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I think Dean would kind of like cabaret. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe let's, a little bit. Let's take a poll. Dean. Dean would like cabaret, but then pretend he doesn't. Oh, one hundred percent. Dean would be like musicals are for chicks, but then he would like weep his eyes out. Um, when Alan Cumming drops the <laughs> coat to reveal the Holocaust uh, striped clothes and the pink triangle. Weep. Be haunted. Be haunted by that image. But you're right. They're definitely making her out to be Dean. For sure. Um, what else? I feel like there's so much we haven't talked about. Yeah. Do you want to start going through like the episode a little more specifically? Uh, we'll do episode one and then take a little break and then do episode two. Yeah. Sounds good to me. So um, I have some notes uh, to kind of help me through. But basically we start with John getting off a bus back in Lawrence and he's back home from being at war. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the first things I wrote was, it's the 60s, but John has 2003 hairstyles. Oh, yeah. I don't... They definitely, with both John and Mary, were like, we cannot... We can't... Um, time, like, period, close it up too much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's definitely some anachronism going on with mm -hmm. clothing and and stuff and maybe that's just the reality of doing a show like you know how period pieces still reflect the decade that they were made in mm -hmm. I feel like that's what's going on here yeah Mary looks like she is a 2000 like 12 yeah, oh yeah, student. I have yeah. I had another note about 2012. Um because I think at one point Carlos says something about let's get you into clothes from this decade and I was like, yeah, clothes that aren't from 2012. <laughs> yeah, clothes that aren't from the future. <laughs> is that the decade? Also, um, real quick, is the show set in the 60s? I thought it was the 70s. Okay, it, it is the 70s. Okay. 
I don't know why I wrote the 60s. I think I thought it was the 60s because I was like, Vietnam War was definitely in the 60s, despite it being for like 30 years. Yeah, it was also in the 70s. I will say there were definitely some things that I think people associate with the 70s that was that were more 60s. Like the Summer of Love, that's 60s. Yeah. The whole, like, well, 69. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, though. You hear some quotes about the 60s ending from people who like were in counterculture in the 60s and they mm-hmm. talk about it as if a light switch went off yeah. like the and obviously this isn't how it actually happened this is just how our memory thinks it happens but there's a great quote from abby hoffman who's like once the 60s ended like it was done it was the end of an era december you know 31st uh 1969 the bell rang and then and you know 1970 happened and that was it and um, i don't know i i think you know how it takes a couple years or like like a year or two sure sure for a decade to get its vibe like we didn't really know what the, the 2000s were gonna be like till 9-11 happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know stuff like that uh i don't think i i think the vietnam era is what that summer of love stuff. So once the Vietnam War ended, mm-hmm. I think that was the end of a lot of that. So I think it carries into that like 71, 72 couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um No, I definitely get that, but there's there's definitely some 60s but like, vibes I, for sure. Yeah, I, I obviously, I still associate the Vietnam War with the 60s more than the 70s. Yeah. So, there's that. Well, the trial of the Chicago 10, baby. That oh, was yeah. uh, 68. Damn. Yeah. I believe. I anyway. Say. Um, I also wrote down, I like the idea of, like, burnout veteran John, like, he came home from the war and he doesn't know what to do with his life, so he's just kind of like hanging out and he runs into a fucking monster hunter and he's like yeah I'll do this for a little bit yeah <laughs> like I love I love that idea I really hope that they play up his PTSD more um, mm, yes and I yes. will say one of the only moments where I was like okay I could see these kids making it is when John and Mary were in the car and um, John like has this PTSD induced hallucination of seeing his buddy who died in the war whose necklace is still embedded in his skin yeah. um, which he then has to dig out with a knife uh, and and his response is hey I think I'm being haunted and Mary is like nope you're not being haunted it's just part of it and I have that too although I do wish her answer hadn't been everyone I see everybody who I haven't been able to save. I wish it could have been Maggie. In fact, I feel like that's the true answer. Yes. Um, So Maggie is, we don't know much about her. We know she's Mary's cousin and we know that she is burning in hell. Um, but because she was kidnapped by a demon or murdered or did a demon deal. I think she, yeah, I think she was killed by a demon in some way. Um, I think, you know what I think? I think she made a demon deal, and I think that's going to be, like, a mystery. 
Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah, I think that would actually be pretty cool. Is if, like, Mary thinks that she was just killed by a demon, but then, like, something happened. Um, but she's Mary's cousin. They grew up in the hunter life together. She died. Uh, there's some there's some light taunting from the demon about it. And by light, I mean, obviously devastating. Um, and the yeah. demon says that she's, <laughs> you know, burning up bright right now, which implies that she mm-hmm. uh, went to hell. Definitely. Um, and and I, I liked that little moment in the car, though. I will mm. say. Oh, yeah. I loved that. I yeah. really hope. I, I mean, obviously, I, well, I don't know how obvious, but I really hope John's PTSD shapes how his character develops. Yes, me too. And because I, I, f- I feel like it really fits in to a wartime PTSD sufferer, like someone who can't leave the battlefield mm-hmm. to become a hunter. Yes. And like, obviously, we know what happens with john later raising sam and dean and i i really i just i really liked that choice of giving him that ptsd especially the ptsd of him watching someone die in front of him for the first time Mm -hmm. i'm being close enough to it that like pieces of his silver necklace were trapped in his arm oh Yeah. yeah Though I will say, um, the minute they mentioned it was a silver cross, I was like, um, that's going to come back uh, later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Silver cross, of course. I kind of hope, I kind of had wished they had, like, kept it embedded inside of him. And then it's oh, like yeah. he just has a built-in defense against monsters that are affected by silver. That would have been cool. It would have been so dope if, like, later in the season, they're dealing with vampires and a vampire just, like, the vampires just start avoiding John because every time they get close, they're just affected by the silver. Oh, wait, no. Silver doesn't affect vampires in this world. Werewolves. Yeah, werewolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or and shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as right as you are about that, I feel like they realized, hey, we have to have a badass John moment to really keep, like, to pique people's interest and they mm-hmm. and yeah they probably should have held on to it longer but they still use it in a pretty badass way though oh i i didn't dislike it by any yeah. means oh, yeah, it's no. just that it this also would have been cool i think you yeah. also could have had a moment where john realizes like hey my buddy mm-hmm. is protecting me you know even even in death right oh yeah, yeah. um i think we were Maybe that's where they were trying to go when he used the piece of silver on the Luguru, mm-hmm. but they just didn't telegraph it very well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, it, there might be more silver left in his arm. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. And that's that sliver of silver. That would be dope. Yeah. I think that um, what I would like to see um, in the future is. I definitely want to see, and we kind of got this in episode two. I want to see Strawn struggle a little bit more. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want him to be a fighting, fighting badass. Um, to keep it in episode one for a little bit more, I uh, I love that the mental letters is they've kind of got a Jedi vibe. Yes. Like a like a Star Wars episode four Jedi vibe. Like I've never heard of these guys. They all got wiped out fifteen years ago. What happened to them? Mm-hmm. 
Like, I, I think that's so cool. And it sets up, it sets up some mystery that we already know the answers to as a supernatural audience. But I think it's, it's good for people who are coming to the Winchesters for the first time and don't know anything about supernatural, Mm -hmm. but also it's still a good, it's still a cool, good world building moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, um, I like that the I like that the Scooby Gang has a home base. Yes, that they oh call my god! The I literally I wrote down a bunker with three exclamation points, which they called it the clubhouse. Yes. but like, yeah, they have their own little bunker, which is fucking dope. Yes, mm-hmm. um, um, I think great music in this episode. Oh my god! I wanted to talk about the music. Yeah, first of all, Patsy Cline starts playing. I'm in. I yeah, I leapt out of my chair. Oh, I was like, yes. oh my god. <laughs> They played Patsy Cline's Walking After Midnight, which that song is already amazing. I love that song. First of all, I was like, oh, I need to play some Fallout. Um, But then uh, they played it as Mary was walking away from John after she gives her whole little badass, you don't want to be part of this life. I'm not going to give you my name, blah, 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 which I feel like they could have done. Okay. Real quick, putting on my fanfic hat. I wish that Mary, and I feel like this would have been a cute little relationship moment, I wish that Mary had refused to give John her name the entire episode. Yeah. Mm. Like, he keeps asking for it. He asks Carlos and Leita for it, and they're both like, no, we're not going to tell you. Like, fuck off, dude. You're going to be monster meat. Um, And then the episode ends... With Mary being like, all right, you didn't die immediately, so you get to know my real name now. Yeah. I feel like it would have been better than the coffee thing. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely better than the coffee thing. Sorry, that was so stupid. Um, y- y'all were going for Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet, and you are wallowing in... Mark and Lisa from the room. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Yeah. I would argue that Mark and Lisa had more chemistry. Yeah. I see these two crazy kids being best friends <laughs> so far. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe, even Maybe just roommates. friends. Yeah. Casual acquaintances. And they were roommates. And that's it. No, oh my God, they were roommates. <laughs> just roommates. Anyways, uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh. Uh, I really liked uh, Carlos's realistic gun that shoots holy water. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. Also, Carlos, everything perfect, yeah, perfect everything and amazing. About Carlos was great. The introduction, um, when he just drives up and bats a demon with his van. Which I hope oh, he, I, I hope he desperately calls it the pussy wagon. Please. <laughs> I uh, I actually have a little note about that. Like, I think it was either beforehand or afterhand. Mary mentions like demons possess people, but don't treat them very well. So there's always a chance that they'll be dead once we do the exorcism. Oh yeah. But then Carlos he like spins in and hits this lady with his car. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, so we're just treating demons as meatbags still. Yes. Like, fuck, fuck, the, fuck the victim. 
it's just all about the demon. Like, yep. and apparently that lady survived the possession and getting hit by a car. Well, it was a gentle tap. Yeah. He was I coming at like five miles fan. an hour. How bad is he really going to end for her? Mm, I don't know. I think it was more like 20. <laughs> You're right. No, I definitely but, had that uh, thought too. Especially since Mary set it up that like there is a chance to save the victim. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when Carlos, I, it was very funny and it was funny but i was also like oh yeah that so we're just still treating demons like that it was funny it was a great character introduction but you're right it is disappointing to see even in those pre-knife days that demons with the people who were being possessed by demons it is very much treat them you know treat them like they're already dead which is which is disappointing for sure. Mm, yeah. But then Carlos gets out of the van and everything after that gold. Golden. He is e- easily my favorite character. And um Jojo does an amazing job. Yeah, he was he was really fantastic. Yeah, they're Oh, I'm sorry, they. They're great. He is Carlos, they is Jojo. Right. Mm. Um and I love how they're not pussyfooting around. Carlos is queer. Mm-hmm. That gets immediately taken care of. The queer bait who? Destiel what? No, 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 no. We're getting right down to it. Carlos is bisexual. He is Hispanic. He is going to kill demons. He is going to make out with boys and girls. He is going to steal your girlfriend and dress her better than you ever did. He's my favorite. And I knew he was going to be my favorite from the trailer. And he did not disappoint, not even once. Absolutely. Also, I love how they set him up as kind of like a flighty free spirit. Like, he's really into, he's not just a hunter. He's also a musician. He's really into music. Mm-hmm. God, I want him to yeah, survive. Yeah, the, the, way, the way they set him up, he's like a touring musician. Yeah. Um, Which, it, it makes them traveling out of Kansas make sense a lot more, I think. Yes. Mm. And they do a lot of traveling in these two episodes. Oh, yeah. They go from Kansas to Lubbock to New Orleans, which is a huge distance. Oh, yeah. That's not, like, hold on. I'm, I'm Googling Lubbock. I'm, I'm Googling... Uh, how far that is. Is it okay. in East Texas or West Texas? Oh, it is in West Texas. Okay. It's up towards the Panhandle. You have to drive through Dallas. It is a 12-hour drive. Shit. To get there from Lawrence? From Lubbock. Yeah. From Lawrence? Oh, from uh, Lawrence, from Lubbock to New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Because that's where they they went from Lawrence to Lubbock. And then Lubbock to New Orleans. Yep. Where was the the zombie warehouse? Is that Georgia? That was episode two, and that was in Georgia. It was in Savannah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Which is on the coast of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Lawrence to Lubbock, it is nine hours, nine hours and forty-nine yeah. minutes. So, and then Lubbock to New Orleans is twelve hours. Yeah. 
Good lord. Yeah, that's a distance. What's uh nah, never mind. Yeah. Um one of my last notes on episode one was nothing like killing a monster to keep off the PTSD. Right. Oh, yeah. No. I think it's very appropriate for John to be like, all right, I have gone, I've gotten out of war, and and now, now I'm going to find a job that allows me to still be violent. <laughs> like... I think that makes a lot of sense for not only his character, but somebody who is dealing with PTSD symptoms. I don't think it's healthy. I think he's going to be struggling about it, but it oh, tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my last thought on the episode was that the Akrita, is that how you say it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Akrita. They are Leviathans, not literal, not the literal Leviathans that we have seen, but to me, that's how they've been set up. Mm -hmm. They they have a very similar Leviathan set up. Look at this poster I just sent in our Discord, um, which if you want to join, it's one dollar a month. Whoa! Uh, they are definitely Yo. marketing this as a love story. Well, yeah. And to be the, yeah. to be clear, but that is dope. That is that is a very dope poster. To be clear, I want them to like. I want to see John and Mary's relationship blossom. I want to see how these kids got together, because from what we got in the sh we didn't get a whole lot in the show. In Supernatural, no, in, or yeah, in Supernatural. Oh yeah, not at all. Oh, I really liked the opening too. Yeah, I thought it was very. Oh yeah, the uh, the Indiana Jones opening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Oh, also the credit opening. It's very reminiscent of, um, the original series. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there there was a lot of good echoes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, I just shared another promotion poster, and I don't like this one very much. Just John and Mary. Oh yeah, that's that's not a that's not a great poster. No, this is this is not a good time. First of all, they're just standing in front of a house and some trees. Boring, dumb. Makes me think they're going to go into that house. They don't. There's no house that they looks look like that. It looks like these two pictures of them were taken separately, and it was all photoshopped together. Oh, 100%. Also, they made John look like he's 45 years old, and they made Mary look like she's 12. Yeah. And I have questions about that. <laughs> yeah, I when when we actually see John on screen, he looks a lot younger, like, in show. Oh, 100%. in marketing. When I was watching, when I saw these promotion pictures, I was actually kind of like... I don't know how I feel about this. So um, seeing it in the show was much, much better. And mm -hmm. they make it clear that John actually joined the Marines illegally. He was underage and he lied about his age. Yeah. Oh, no, he got hit. He uh, forged um, Henry's signature to be able to join under the age of 18, I guess. So yeah. he's like, meant, we are meant to understand he is a baby. 
which is kind of a crazy thing to do in 1970 because I'm pretty sure they were already having the draft at that point. Oh, yeah, 100%. Also, there was, dude, there was a lot of people who just forged uh, the paperwork before the draft went through, though. Oh, yeah. Look at this 107-year-old man. Why did they make him look so old? <laughs> he looks like he's dying. Oh, man, yeah. What? I think this looks like one of those. And why does Mary looks like she's been reduced? Also, like, yes. Like, in physical size, it looked like someone just took the up and down slider and slid her down a little bit. Also, this... Why does she look like that? The clothes that she is wearing... John is not particularly screaming 70s to me, but he isn't screaming not 70s either. The clothes Mm -hmm. that Mary Winchester is wearing, I saw yesterday. Yeah. On a Zillennial. Well, okay. Here's the thing, though, especially with men's fashion, men's fashion has been the same for about a hundred years. I'm going to tell you right now, John in bell bottoms when. Oh, yeah, we need it. We need it. We deserve it. Okay, I can actually tell you the exact day that the first episode takes place because they met on the. Um, well, okay, I can't tell you the exact date, but I can tell you around the time because it was when Slaughterhouse Five was in the movie theater because John and Mary meet, and this is something we get in Supernatural too. Supernaturals, mm-hmm. uh, John or Dean tells us that John and Mary met at a um, when he bumped into her when she was getting out of seeing Slaughterhouse Five, and Slaughterhouse Five was released March fifteenth, nineteen seventy two. I uh, I actually I. I was scrolling through the trivia section of the first episode on SupernaturalWiki.com, my favorite website, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually spoiled myself on that fact. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. When I scrolled down and saw it, I was like, oh, that's a spoiler. Oh, no. Wait, what was this? But, oh, well. Well, the spoiler was just the fact that this is an episode in general. Oh. Um, and then it also says in uh, Season 4, Episode 18, Monster at the End of This Book, Dean mentions the book Slaughterhouse-Five. I don't know why that's part of it. Oh, no, no, no. In the episode... Wait. So, SupernaturalWiki.com says, Dean describes John and Mary's first meeting, bumping into each other the night Mary came out of a movie. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. And going to coffee afterwards, John proceeds to impress Mary with his knowledge of Led Zeppelin lyrics. Which, that sounds like a very fanfic thing to say. Yeah. So, um, it is, I do remember that episode, though, and I think it was the episode where Dean has to go back in time to meet Mary, something, something, he has to tell her, I don't think it's the first episode he goes back in time to meet Mary, I think it's the second one, where, like, it's, Anna yeah, goes back it, in time to kill them. It's Monster at the End of This Book, so... It is the episode where um, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Nothing nothing related to the past happens in Monster at the end of this at the end of this book. Never mind. I Anyway. I'm so upset right now. Because I just Why? took a look at all the reviews for the first episode, and they're all so bad. Oh, no. I know. I, I get it, because the first episode, you're right, it wasn't, like, super great, but it wasn't... It had good moments. 
It had it had I'll tell you what it had. It had a good skeleton. Yes. And some and some not great flesh. But they got you know. better flesh on the second episode, guys. I mean, with three thousand and thirty seven reviews in, they've got like one thousand four hundred and seventy two ten out of tens for the show. And that's like I think more than the rest of the reviews combined. That's good. Yeah. That makes me feel better. But it does give the show like a 6.8 on the whole, mm-hmm. which is yeah. not nice, but it's close to being nice, though. Okay, episode two has a lot more good reviews. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I, I see... I see one... doesn't have a rating... And then I'm seeing lots of tens, nines, eight. I think the lowest one I saw was a seven. And it, and the seven is still titled "We Were Blessed for Our Time." Good, good, good. Okay, that makes me yeah. feel better. So, yeah, episode two definitely brought the heat more. Okay, yes, um, and I I would agree do, with that. Do we have anything else we want to say about the first episode? For me, the major issue, other than. Okay, so real quick, I want to talk about the inconsistencies with the Supernatural meta and my theory on how they're going to fix this. So I personally think that we are meant to understand that Dean got a heavily edited story of how their parents met and what their relationship was. Absolutely. Or... And I almost wonder if, like, something's going to happen and John and Mary are going to... Like, lose their memories? Oh, I wrote that down. I wrote that down. That was, like, the fourth thing I wrote down. I was like, whatever the end of this is, I feel like John's memory is going to get wiped. Yeah, I feel like something is going to happen there. Maybe both of them, but, like, definitely more specifically John. Oh, for sure, John. I really hope they don't do the fucking X-Men Origins Wolverine thing or something on that level. I really hope they don't either. But, like, it would make sense... I hate that mm. because it's it's almost as bad as the classic. It was all a dream ending, but right. You know what I would rather them do is I would rather them finish the show as they see fit, and then use it as a launching point for a a redo of some of the supernatural. <clears throat> You're right. I could I could see them doing that. Okay. Honestly, the, the wind. Like the Winchesters ends as a series and then we get a supernatural reboot. Yeah. I can see it. Honestly, what I would like, because I don't really want a supernatural reboot unless I'm the one I don't... making it um, with YouTube, <laughs> yeah. of course. I mean, you know, that'll be 500 years from now. Yeah, but... well, when we have the time and the money, which is like, it's going to take some planning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would prefer they just say, fuck canon. Yeah. Just say fuck it. Just go the just go the fanfic route. Just fuck it. Yep. Just fuck canon. Yep. Okay. So you got to retcon some shit. Who cares? If it's a good story, I'm going to show up anyways. And you can absolutely you can sell me on this idea that J- John just lied to Dean. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think that's why Dean is the narrator. Yes. And why we have this narrative of Dean trying to put the puzzle pieces together. Like, that's a quote from this show. Yes. 
Dean is putting the puzzle pieces of his parents' relationship together. Yes. And I think definitely he was lied to about his parents' relationship. And I think what we've seen in Supernatural canon were either fabrications or simulations made by angels yeah. and lies. Like, there's no... Yes. That's exactly what I wanted to say, was that who's to say that when Dean is first sent back in time to see the day that his parents meet was not just a figment, just a fraudulation made by the fucking angels? Yeah. Who, who's to say? Hmm? Robbie... We are the only three Supernatural fans who matter on the planet. Okay? Damn right. Everyone else has no idea what they're doing, unless they agree with us, in which case, you're the smartest person in the world. Congratulations. Here's your award. Robbie, I give you permission to tell this story however you want, and fuck canon. Just do what you want. Tell a good story. People will come along with you. The excuses you have to make could be gossamer thin. As long as it's not totally dumb, I really don't care. I like these I like these kids. I mean, not so much, you know, I'm hoping Mary and John get better, but like Carlos and, and Lata, I really like them. Oh, let's talk about Lata real quick because we haven't talked so much about her. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we should probably talk about Ada too because in episode two, there's something definitely going on with her. So Lata is the Velma of the group. Mm-hmm. She's she's like the she's like the book one. She's the researcher. Yes, she's she's Sam at the start of the show. If Sam also hadn't been a, a hyper competent badass, um, yeah. she's a pacifist. She is scared of rats. She, we know she's involved in this life somehow because Samuel saved her life, and like she feels indebted to him. Mm-hmm. And also, Mary um, is like, you got to get out, Lotta. Like, you don't have to do this, you know? Super cute. I thought the actress who plays her was adorable and also did a very good job. Um, also, by the end of the episode, at least the pilot, she seems, like, more confident in her, uh, like, not fighting abilities necessarily, but abilities to survive. Mm. What's more, I appreciate the fact that she doesn't just like blindly follow Mary. Yeah. Like she pushes, mm-hmm. she pushes back. Um, for example, she's the one who suggests Mary and John call Carlos and Mary's like, no, because of what happened to below. And John's like, what happened in Tupelo? And Lotta's like, you gotta let go of Tupelo. And then calls him yeah, anyways. I, I love that. That was a good, like, supernatural style joke. Oh, yeah. The mm. noodle incident. Mm-hmm. That was great. And then, um, also, I really like what they did with Carlos's character, where it's established that he's kind of flighty, right? By the way, that's what happened in Tupelo. Mm-hmm. Mary needed him, and he kind of abandoned her, and then made yeah. out with her boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> and then at the end of the episode, when they're in this crypt, and Mary and John are going after the Lugaru, Carlos disappears for a minute, leaving Lata alone, and then comes back with a silver knife. 
because he recognized that there was a Lugaru down there and he knew they didn't have the weapon they needed. So he didn't abandon her. He just went to go his, to his van. He's like the weapons yeah. guy so far. Yeah. He is the weapons guy, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of the Bobby. He's a, he's a gay Bobby. Mm-hmm. He's a gay musician. A gayer Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> a, you're right, a gayer <laughs> Bobby. That's true. I take back my previous statement. Um, what was that? What else was I going to say? Oh, we should we should talk about um I guess what they found out. So they found the men of letters yes. bunker. The Luger is actually down there because of the men of letters. Like he was it was like a pet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like a guard it was, dog. Yeah, it was yeah, it was like a guard dog kind of situation. Which is so accurate to the men of letters, it's like good job, correct. Mm-hmm. Um John kills it, and then... That's where they find the box. We mentioned the box already. Yes, the box. The box kills the demon, and then breaks in episode two, so they don't just have a get-out-of-demon-jail card for the mm-hmm. whole of season one. Um, also, John finds confirmation that Henry died. Yes. Like, that he's not coming Wait. back. That was this episode? He shows it to his mom in episode two, but he has the letter in episode one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why he's like on the trail because he gets handed this mysterious letter from this dude and like a key and the key leads them into the crypt. And Mary goes and gets like involved because she's following the trail of her dad. They're one-upping season one of Supernatural. Now we're looking for two dads. Yeah, two dads. Two dads are better than one. Two missing fathers. <laughs> um, but yeah, John kills the Rougarou with help, or the Lugaru with help from his dead friend's necklace. Uh, they escape. They survive. There's that terrible line that Mary parrots back to him about the coffee. And then that's the end of the episode. Except we got to talk about Ada. Ada is a rare book owner, like a rare bookstore owner, who is Mm -hmm. also involved in the supernatural. She honestly reminds me a lot of Missouri Mosley. Yes, yeah, I was also getting Missouri Mosley vibes. But she also kind of reminds I, me of Bobby in, like, the research a little department. Bit. Yeah, so she she definitely, like, dealt books to the Men of Letters. Like, that's what her role in the Supernatural Universe was. Um, or is, rather, I don't know. But, uh, but, yeah, so she definitely has this, like, her own little involvement that's kind of a mystery at the moment like we don't know her whole deal there's there's definitely something going on with ada i think she's my prediction right now is i think she's ultimately a good person but possibly tapping into forces that should not be meddled with yeah Yeah. they might go that kind of route um we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to episode two but she is definitely like there's something happening with her. She gets possessed in the first episode and then depossessed. That's the demon the box eats. Um, and she she knows more, I think, than she's letting on. 
Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely with knowledge about the men letters. Yeah. yeah. And she dealt with Samuel before he disappeared. Mm-hmm. And now they're kind of on the trail. All right. That's the end of episode right, one. Well, do you yeah, guys want we're going to do a little... Do what? Do you guys want to kind of give it a rating and look at reviews and then we'll get to episode two? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So episode one for me, I'd give it 6.5 out of 10. Whoa, that is high. Good good bones, bad dialogue, still hooked me into the series, like... I, I wanted to see what the next episode was after watching that episode. Uh, what about you, Ben? What do you think? I agree with everything except the rating in and of itself. I'm going to give it... I either want to give it a high 4 or a low 5. So I'll give it like a 5.1. It just... It didn't grab me... Like, the, like, talking about it with you guys made me like it more, but I'm still not mm-hmm. going to rate it super high. Um, it was very... I found the meat of everything to be very milk toast and very bland. Like, it very much was like, hey, here's a lot of, like, fan service that you're supposed to enjoy. And I'm like, ah, it, felt, it still felt very safe and neutered to me. I really hope they're going to take more risks as the show goes on. Yeah. I do very much. I Yeah, I, I think the milk toastness definitely had to do with the fact that it was the pilot. Yeah. And I agree with you. I hope that there are more... Um, I hope that there are more risks taken mm. later on. Hell, I really feel like Carlos in and of himself is a big risk for the show. Um, and I do agree that he's probably the best part of the show right now. Carlos and the monsters are probably what's really carrying it right yeah. now. And the music. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm. include the music in that because I do think the music is really stellar. Mm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I agree with everything y'all have said, except I don't think I would have continued watching the show based off this pilot. Mm. I oh, hell no. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, that's it. Yeah. I am going to watch episode three. It is totally based off of the strength of episode two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a four out of ten. And one entire point is because of Carlos. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm charmed. I'm char- He's charmed me. Yeah. Um, and to me, the worst part of the episode... It's John and Mary. Yeah. It's the chemistry. God. The chemistry could not take a mostly unfrozen TV dinner and bring it to lukewarm status. Like that's that's how bad their chemistry is. And I really hope that it improves in later episodes we're just gonna have to see i mean i don't know chemistry is one of those things it's really hard to get right yeah um 
And it's it's one of those things. It's like, is it possible to fake? I don't know. You know, I think of people who have good chemistry and, you know, it's funny because I was actually talking about this. Um, I'm part of a uh, fan fiction discord for another fandom and not supernatural, but uh, something else. And I was actually talking about this in that discord and I was specifically talking about the coffee line, which I really do think is like those two bits of dialogue are the worst bits of dialogue in the entire episode, in my opinion. A hundred percent. So bad. So awful. And somebody in that discord went, they could have taken, they could have paid $50 to any fanfic writer on AO3 and gotten better banter. And I disagree with that. I don't think any fanfic writer in AO3, but a lot yeah. of fanfic writers in AO3. <laughs> Robbie, have you not been reading Destiel fan fiction? Like, I mean, you don't have to, but I can think of several fanfic that have better, more engaging, flirty banter than what we saw on screen. And I don't know. I just kind of, I expect more from you. I expect more. Why don't you go read Twist and Shout and then get back to this episode, okay? <laughs> I haven't read it. I can't tell you how good it is, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. It is also set during the Vietnam War. And it is also a romance. So let's see. Yeah. Let's compare and contrast, Robbie. Let's compare and contrast. I will say the second that I saw his name on screen when I first started watching these episodes. I realized what sort of ride I was in for. Because I knew it was just going to be constant references and just very blasé. I I will say, I think he's tamped down on the references, but it's also possible that I just don't get the references because it's the 70s mm. um no i mean like there were some good references uh they uh, to me they didn't feel like they felt more natural in the world mm. than just like dean rattling off lines of a movie or something yeah well so also, i think they were mostly references to supernatural there was that there were like a lot of in universe like supernatural or not in universe but like meta supernatural references mm -hmm. and then the pop culture references themselves didn't feel unnatural in the universe well, most of the like I, like one of the bit one of the biggest ones that stood out to me was when um they exercised that one lady that carlos hit with the car mm -hmm. and then he was like um Oh, uh, God, Janice Mary J J Jameson J Jimmy um, Buffett yeah J no I know what you're talking Jimmy, about Jimmy Janice Jim Morrison like yes. you know that was good it, it felt very in character it felt um, it felt like something he would say and then it was funny and yeah no I agree I think that was like a good like 70s reference but it's also one of the only ones I can really think of you know for pop culture yeah yeah, there were a lot of supernatural references. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm looking on supernaturalwiki.com. Uh, 
Your favorite website. My favorite website, and there is a lot. Uh, you can see the Samulet in the Impala's rearview mirror as he's driving away at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, John is wearing a bu belt buckle with a moose on it. Moose being Sam's nickname. Um, the... Well, what else? Oh, there's a folder. I don't know what scene this is, but there's a folder with D. Nutter on the front referencing David Nutter, who directed the pilot of Supernatural. Uh, there's a postcard in Ada's bookshop from the Manners Hotel, which is a tribute to Kim Manners, uh, who uh, passed away in 2009, mm -hmm. but was very influential in Supernatural's production. Oh, this episode um, also had a uh, dedication at the end of it. Yes, it was dedicated to Lou Ballo, who was the stunt coordinator for seasons 1 through 12 of Supernatural. He also received story credits for Are You There, God? It's Me, Dean Winchester, and Wishful Thinking. Mm -hmm. He passed away in July 11th of 2022. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, both Sam and Mary, Samuel and Mary use a Zippo like Dean does. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's most of them. Yeah, but those are all like most of those are fairly subtle. Like I didn't even pick yeah, up on the belt really, buckle. Yeah, they're really subtle. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick up on any of them. Yeah. Because I don't look for Easter eggs like that. Mm. All right. Do you guys want to hear some reviews of this first episode? Yes. The only other episode I've seen this poorly reviewed on IMDb since we've been doing this is the uh, Supernatural finale. Anyways. What, what, what reviews are you looking at? I'm looking at the ones on IMDb. I'm looking at them, too, and I'm seeing tens and sevens. I've only seen one, two, and one, three. You're looking at episode two. No. I'm looking at the pilot. What? Yeah. What? Are you looking at ratings or reviews? Oh, you know what it is? You know what I think? I'm not looking at the pilot. I'm looking at the show overall. Oh. Uh... Mm. Oh, yeah. Now I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. I wonder... Hmm. I wonder what this means. Okay. Well, then let's read on the pilot specifically. And I'm just going to pick a random... A random 10. All right. Here's one. The title is, I was scared and genuinely concerned, but now I crave more content. I won't make this a long one, but I actually am in love with this show. I hate Mary and John, but it is so interesting to watch them as they are young and see how they became what they became. Supernatural carried me through the pandemic, and I'm so grateful that Jensen and Daniel are carrying on its legacy. I am not going to assume that I will love the show as it goes on, but as of right now, I am pleasantly surprised. The CGI wasn't terrible, as most CW shows is, and the monsters actually looked like monsters. The demon smoke has a much better animation, too. Very excited for the new episode. Hopefully the show continues with such pizzazz. 10 out of 10. 
Yeah. Agreed. Um, oh, this one. I have to read this one because the title is just cracking me up. Trying too hard to be supernatural. Buddy, it is a supernatural <laughs> prequel. <laughs> I think this person might just be like not thinking things is that, through. Is that the one that's a thousand years long? No, it is not. It's actually pretty short. Okay. I what's the, what's the one that's a thousand years long? It's the uh, it's the review of the pilot that is. I think it's a three out of ten. Okay, um, this is a two out of ten. Yeah, the three out of ten is like buddy. Just start a podcast. <laughs> hey, buddy. Why don't you do what we did? Oh, I see it now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I might I might, I might, might look at some uh, highlights <laughs> from that one, but I don't know if I'll read the whole thing. Trying too was, hard uh, to be supernatural. If I am honest, only reason a supernatural fan would watch this is perhaps nostalgia for Dean and the world. No shit, dude. Unfortunately, that's also its biggest drawback, apart from the obvious lack of intelligent writing. The writing is implying that Sam and Dean were idiots, as these guys know already what took them at least a couple of seasons to figure out. <laughs> Buddy, the reason why they know this already is because they had been hunting for longer. Yeah. Also... If you're talking about, like, knowing how to deal with demons and stuff, that, the first episode that they dealt with the demon, Sam and Dean knew holy, knew holy water was the way to handle it. And exorcism. Yeah. It's literally the same. It's literally the same. What are yeah. you talking about? Buddy, what are you, what are you talking about, dude? Okay. Also, if you're talking about how they handled the Lugaru, dude, Silver kills 99% of monsters in the Supernatural universe. That's less knowledge and, and more of a guess. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? Cutting heads off of monsters kills 100% of them. Confirmed by Bobby. That is true. Yeah. That is like, true. If, if, nothing, if nothing else works, go for the head. Buddy, literally a quote from Bobby. If I didn't know literally anything about monsters, my first guess would be take off its head. Just in case. We'll just see what happens. If it doesn't kill it, it's going to have a hard time without eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and its head's gonna have a hard time without a body yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what's and that like, head gonna do roll around try to bite me what's it what is it gonna do okay sorry continuing even if i try and even if i try and not draw those comparisons these characters aren't fleshed well it is the first episode, and are trying to mimic the chemistry of Sam and Dean, but anything that they say just doesn't create the same emotion or magic. I would agree with that. That is fair. That's a fair critique. I liked Meg a bit better, and she reminded me of Sam. However, Drake just doesn't work for me. These are the actors' names. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His emotions seem made up, and they just translate to the viewer the way season one Sam's innocence did, since I guess that's what they were going for. The action, whatever, a uh, little of it seems very choreographed and convenient. At no point do you feel a sense of dread that something might actually happen to them. The pilot feels more Scooby-Doo than Supernatural, and that can perhaps work for some people. So my recommendation, decide for yourself. Two out of ten. You know, whenever I type yeah. out something really long, 
I tend to look at it and then just delete it because I realize that nothing ultimately matters. Much like this guy's first, the title contradicts his last point. Uh, trying too hard to be supernatural, but then you also say the pilot feels more Scooby-Doo than supernatural. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I sort of see the latter, but I feel like that works for the show's favor. You and know, it adds a lot of flavor that Mary and John don't. I, I would agree. I think that John was maybe a little too capable, capable against the Luguru, and I mm. would have liked to see him struggle a little bit more. I think that's fair. Yeah. But I get why Mary didn't have those issues either. But I would mm. I would agree. I would agree. At no point watching it was I really like concerned mm. for anyone involved except maybe Leta. Um or Lada, excuse me. Uh so that's a fair that's a fair critique. And I would agree that John and Mary just do not have the chemistry mm. of um a pot of lukewarm water, much less Sam and Dean. And this we agree in our friends. But like, yeah, they're going to try to be supernatural, dude. It's a supernatural prequel. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's look at this like... really long review. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry, Travis, did start, say something. Say something. Oh, no. That was it. Okay. Good Christ. The long Sorry. review. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's it's too much. John slash Mary stands get a series. Who'd have guessed? Nobody, dude. <laughs> yeah, no one. No one. No also, one saw this coming. Uh, I I have a highlight that's towards the end. Okay. Um, list of my key list of my disappointments. I'll list showrunner Robbie Thompson, who used to be one of those OG cool kids and produced my favorite episodes of SPN when it was OG and, you know, actually original. My friend, Robbie Thompson, has produced some of the worst episodes of Supernatural. But he did create Charlie, so... Yeah, like I said, he created some of the worst episodes of Supernatural. (laughs) Like, did we watch the same uh... Wizard of Oz episode. Oh, that episode was Did so we? bad. I I don't think oh, so. If you said it was your favorite. Okay. <laughs> All right. I gotta read out this this first little section. After seeing the Winchesters advertised, I immediately thought Sam and Dean. Actually, Salmon Dean, to be precise, having watched all 320 episodes of Supernatural, even when my Tumblr slash junior high phase was passed. Then I saw a very young John and Mary and stepped back a bit. Non-Dark Side Supernatural viewers might understand why my John, Mary baggage and abuse triggers. That's, yeah. Yeah. My anger at a show in any way romanticizing the origin story and giving John the excuse of not my fault. Okay, so I would go ahead and say, yes. I think there is a little bit of a retcon going on with John's character. Well, okay. Yeah. It's complicated, and I'm going to be talking about it. I mean, it's too early to know. It's too early yeah. to know. But that being said, even in Supernatural, the show, I do think that they try to retcon John's character a little bit. They go from he was, well, the show doesn't necessarily, but 
towards the end of the series, they really try to hammer in this point home that John was just a guy doing his best. Okay? He was a complicated figure. Yada, yada, yada. When the reality is, is that he made his sons into child soldiers. And maybe it had to happen, quote unquote, you know, but it was still very messed up and it's still extremely abusive. Like, John is not a good dad and he's not a good guy. And honestly, even in terms of he, John did some things that he did not have to, even ignoring the child, child soldier stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he did not have to kick Sam out of the house for wanting an education. He did not have to tell Dean, you're going to have to kill Sam if he goes dark side. Th- those are some bad dad moves. I think we can all Big agree. Time. Right? Yeah. But towards the end of the show, they really try to retcon that. So I suspect that the Winchesters is also going to be doing that. And I definitely understand why some fans would not be thrilled at the direction. Um, I'm kind of able to separate the two. I just kind of consider this John to be like, not the John we got in Supernatural. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're old, we're literally at the beginning of his journey. Well, yes. And and even even if he doesn't turn out exactly like the John we got on Supernatural. We can't judge how much of a retcon it's going to be until we get there. Yeah. Yes. I would agree with both of those points. And I would also agree in terms of like character development. Obviously, he's not going to be the same John. But I suspect that they're going to soften his character up quite a bit. But I could also be wrong. Maybe they, d- maybe they don't. Yeah. And in fact, uh, we'll talk about it when we get to the episode too. But I think there are some interesting things that happen there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially considering some of the stuff that John does later in his life. So we're just going to kind of have to see. But at the same time, I understand why if you were a fan of the original show, you wouldn't necessarily want to see this like softening of John's character. So, you know, I get, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, let's, let's continue. this is a really long review yeah it's it's too long yeah i can however say objectively that the original supernatural pilot grabbed you by the throat with mission and chemistry whereas this one does not it's soulless and not in a good way if you know it if you know you know side note stop for a moment and miss sam again and look for the angel while i'm at it worse than any critique of the cast who I wish well for as beginners and acknowledge my growth experience, there's a low quality of script provided by already seasoned writers. For that, I have anger. Characters and dialogue feel one-dimensional, the concept bland and execution derivative. Supernatural had a lot of flaws, but it was always original and edgy. Mm. Mm. Original? Edgy? Remember when Supernatural's very first E.T. interview widely advertised as being absolutely different from contenders like Buffy? I do. Okay, just because they say they're not like Buffy doesn't mean they're not Buffy-esque. They weren't not Buffy. Down to Buffy speak, which is named for Buffy.
think this person is. Also, if you had a Tumblr junior high phase, do you really remember that interview? Good point. Um, <laughs> yeah, weren't you like a baby when it came out? Yet this Buffy Scooby-Doo wannabe mashup with the pretentious of every popular show distilled in the stew has no sense of nerd cool at all. And sorry, writers, that's mainly on you. Well, in the wardrobe oh. department, who seem to have no clue at all. All right, yeah. I, I, okay, I, I agree with that last bit. But nerd cool? What the fuck does that even mean? Um, this this was written by a Charlie Stan. Super Hulock 2014 reboot. Also, I'm going to say this. Something is not a Buffy-Scooby mashup just because they both have a female main character, okay? Yeah. You, you cannot say that the original Supernatural was not extremely Buffy. It was a genre television show about hunting monsters with a ton of interpersonal relationship drama that also included a main character who died several times and didn't necessarily want to hunt those monsters and the conflict that came in because of that. You just think it's different because Sam and Dean are men and Buffy was a girl. Am I wrong? Yeah. Like. I mean, no, I mean, no, you're not wrong. I said, I meant, yeah, as in, like, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This this person, this person is like a serial IMDb reviewer. Oh, look, that's nice. Look, and I totally understand wanting to write a very long review where I'm like, and I'm getting out all my thoughts. I do that literally all the time. It's part of being a fan of stuff. It's part of having a podcast about a show. You're damn right it is. All right. Um, I think that's all I got to say about this. About this yeah. first episode. Do you guys want to move on to the second? Let's do it. We're going to take a quick break and then get back on that road so far. To the, uh, the family business, <laughs> hunting things, saving. killing things. And we're back. Yeah. To talk about episode two of the Winchesters. I mean, we've already we've already talked a good amount about like the villain and how much we loved it, mm-hmm. and really like how much I, I mentioned how much more this episode brought me into the series. Yeah, which I think was the case for a lot of people with season episode two of Supernatural. Yeah, like I would say episode. Two of Supernatural, Wendigo, is probably one of the best episodes of Supernatural ever. And right now, this is the best episode of the Winchesters of all time. Yeah. Um. Yes, 100%. Although, to be clear, the competition is not... It's not crazy. Right, At yeah. least right now. We'll see how episode three turns out. Yeah. Um, yes, but no, this episode definitely improves over the pilot in a lot of ways. Um, it, um, sorry, you go. Well, I was going to say it focuses less on establishing John and Mary's flirtation. Like, they definitely still are working on a relationship together, but I suspect they'll mm-hmm. do sort of like a friends-to-lovers situation. As definitely. opposed to, like, they start dating immediately. Um, 
which I dig that more than than the, them just straight out of the gate like love at first sight kind of a thing. No, I completely agree with that, and I'm totally cool with it. I will say, I don't really think John and Mary's chemistry has improved much, but they didn't have anything like offensively terrible like they did in the first episode with that really bad flirty banter. Um, mostly they're just establishing John and Mary are compatible friend types, and they're yeah. friends who vaguely care about each other. Yeah, I uh, I feel like this really solidified the whole gang's Scooby-Doo roles, mm-hmm. which we touched on a little bit earlier. Um, with, like, Mary is the hard-headed one with experience and the leader. Um, Lata is the researcher. Um, Carlos is, like, the weapons-slash-tech guy. And John is the rookie who rushes in and then gets covered in goop. Yeah, oh, he's the tank. 100%. He is supposed to take a beating, and you can definitely see that here. Um, but I also, he struggled a little bit this episode. He was not a hyper-capable yeah. badass like he was in episode Yeah, one. no, like, he, he got captured, and he had to, like, think about it. Like, well, um, it... it it took him a while to realize that he wasn't talking to his mom when Latunda showed up to yeah. his motel. He got captured and had to escape. And what's more is that he also struggled in the beginning with the zombies. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. he was able to take out one, but everyone else had a, a you know a couple of clean kills, and he got a little messed up. Yeah, um, he got messy. I would say I would. I still would like to see him struggle. A little bit more, but you know. It, yeah, I I hope we see struggle as we get introduced to more monsters. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see more struggles. Y- yes, yeah. murder monsters. I think he'll have a mm-hmm. hard time against. Well, and he says to himself this episode, he prefers the punchy, hitty parts of hunting, which makes total mm-hmm. sense for his character. He's oh, not yeah. a researcher. He's not out here solving mysteries with the Scooby Doo mm-hmm. crew, right? He is. He's- it's like Ben said earlier, he's the tank. And I think when he comes up against monsters who aren't monsters you can punch, mm-hmm. he's going to have a more difficult time. Or I hope yeah. he does. Yeah. I very much agree with that. I feel like he... I think he's seeing like the benefits of research and whatnot. Especially when, like, Mary was like, the leg, sweep the leg, sweep the leg. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, I will, yeah. I will say, I don't want John to be totally incapable. I mean, dude mm. is former military. Like, he mm. needs to have, he should oh, be able yeah. to shoot a gun. He should be mm. able to beat people up. I can even understand some of his knife skills. But he doesn't have the knowledge to take care of monsters, and I wanted to hit that balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. I mean, like, he's strong enough to break through that wooden leg of the Tunda, mm-hmm. but he's not, he doesn't have the smarts enough yet to know that the Tunda has a wooden leg to yeah. break. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I want the show to hit that balance where he is, he's getting roughed up, but he's getting back up. And as he's learning, he's becoming, you know, smarter, more capable, more dangerous. Mm-hmm. He's, I do. He's, sorry, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I do think it was incredibly smart for the show to start with that Indiana Jones feel of an opening, because that is something that they really need to do with John, is like you're saying, like, rough him up a bit, but make him learn from that shit. Right, exactly. And yeah, again, I don't want him to be like babe in the city. Like, I, mm. I want him to have some skills. I want him to be somewhat capable. But compared to Mary and Carlos, um, people have been doing this for a while. He should definitely be the newbie. Even mm. even uh, Lata, who is not combat capable, has the research side of things down. Yeah. So, that's just my personal opinion. I do really wish that there's going to be a Jin episode at some point in the show, because it would be cool to like if he has like no knowledge of a Jin or anything of how they work. It's just him in the Jin fantasy land, slowly learning that he's not where he thinks he is. Oh yeah, but that he, would be dope. But he that still doesn't very cool. doesn't know how to deal with it. But like, um. I don't know. I, I, just laying some groundwork there, and like hopefully, throwing some manifestation seeds into the universe. Because mm-hmm. um, on. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Now nah, you go ahead. I was gonna say I definitely preferred John's character this episode to the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really did like the stuff with his mom. I also like that he admitted that he was kind of being unfair to Millie. Because Henry wasn't around for him to be unfair to. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. And I don't think Millie was acting, like, inappropriately or overly cruel, you know? No. I gotta say... Yeah, no. I mean, like, she feels like she's been abandoned by her family, so... Mm-hmm. She literally was for a while. And mm-hmm. her son is going off to do the thing that got his dad killed. Mm-hmm. So, and her husband. So it's it's understandable that she's, you know, hesitant to see him... Go off and fight that same battle. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, yeah. Oh. Oh. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. I am in the, th- this is totally off topic to what we were just saying. I'm in the minutia section for this episode mm-hmm. on SupernaturalWiki.com, my favorite website. During an Instagram live on October 18th, 2022, before the episode, uh, Joe, okay, they spelled his name wrong, but uh, Jojo stated that Carlos was non-binary and used he, him pronouns. <gasps> Hell yeah. I love that. So we can we can be confident in using he him for Carlos. Excellent, excellent. I love a good non-binary he him character. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, also, literally everything I learn about Carlos just makes me love him more, and this episode is included. I did not think I could love Carlos more than pilot <laughs> episode Carlos. Oh yeah, and Carlos. Yet- Carlos is the one who made the fake IDs. Like that's why I included weapons like slash tech because mm-hmm. he's the guy who's like making fake IDs for him and stuff. And he literally made their names the Fleetwood Mac names, which I <laughs> thought was incredible. Oh, he! I am convinced that's why John started doing it. 
in oh, Supernatural. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent, yes. Even if it turns out that his memory has been wiped, he, like, subconsciously remembers it or something. Like, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. I believe that in my core, in my soul. Yeah, there's, there's no way that that's not why he does it. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I... What am I going to say? What am I thinking right now? Oh, um, also, can we talk about Carlos's outfits? Because they're amazing. I mean, the pilot episode uh, had a great couple of great outfits for him. But this, what he this, wears to the commune. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. This episode's outfits were better in general. Yes. Um, John had less of a new millennia vibe going on and more of a neutral 20th century thing happening i'm gonna say they're really writing a lot on that brown camel jacket which yes is you know at least approaching era accuracy Mm -hmm. i don't know though but but at least when they were like putting on outfits to go to the commune they were like they were like 60s up oh yes which i know this is 70s but like there's still a very like 60s commune thing yeah vibe um and carlos's episode uh, outfit at the commune was my favorite i gotta say none of them were dressed appropriately for hunting. the commune oh oh, <laughs> oh for, hunting. for hunting yeah absolutely no. not mary's dress mary wearing white surprisingly did not die I know. Well, but <laughs> that's because she already has another white dress for that gotta wait about 30 more years for that yeah, one yeah, hey, yeah. but um <laughs> But not that long, but yeah. Uh, surprised it did not get as uh, did, surprised it did not get more dirty. <laughs> you know, if this season takes place in '72, she's actually got about a decade left. Oh yeah, that's true. She dies in '82. Damn. It's weird. It's okay. So I'm going to take a little tangent real quick. It is strange to watch a prequel series when you know how all these characters end up. Yeah. Like, and there's no... I've been watching... It is, it is strange. Oh, it very much is strange, but... Because I've been watching a lot of, like, uh, videos on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only so much that they can throw at these characters in the prequel because we already know how they end up. Right. So all they can really do for us is like threaten their emotional well-being, maybe their physical well-being a little bit, but not to a really hardcore extent. Not unless you're willing to do the supernatural thing and bring them back to life a million times. You know what? You're not wrong. So I'm going to say this, which we already know happens with John and Mary because, um, or kind of, I guess, I don't know. We'll just have to see what they do. Hmm. So, I'm going to say this. I think when I say it is weird, I don't necessarily mean it as a bad thing. Although that is a concern whenever you're going in to write a prequel. Whenever you go in to write a prequel, especially with characters whose fates we already know, there, there some of the suspense is taken out because it's like, oh, well, we know that Mary can't die because she can't die until November 2nd, 1982. You know? Right. We know John's going to survive the series because 
Um, he's got to at least make it to the end of Supernatural season one. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the suspense has, has lost a little bit of wind in its sails because of that. But it's also just... It's it's weird to me because no character can escape their fate. Yeah. It gives there's a sense of like I don't know how to describe it. It's death on the screen. Like I'm watching these ghosts, you know, which is dumb because they were never real to begin with. Mm-hmm. But I get the same feeling when I read the appendices for the Lord of the Rings and find out like all of those characters' fates. Because at the end right. of the Lord of the Rings, Sam goes back home. Frodo goes to the Grey Havens with Gandalf and um, most of the elves. Merry and Pippin go back to the Shire. But then there are these appendices where we find out, like, Merry and Pippin died. You know? Yeah. But at the end mm-hmm. of the Lord of the Rings, if you just read the story proper, they're still alive. They are per- they are permanently alive if you never read the appendices. They never die. They can't. Gotcha. As, yeah. you, it's it's that vibe. When a story ends and a character is alive at the end of it, even realistically, even if you know they're mortal and yes, they would die one day because it didn't happen in the story, they feel immortal. But mm. watching a story where you know the character is going to die and you know when and you know how and you know for why, it's a weird vibe. I don't know how to describe it. I just feel weird about it. Yeah. Do you think it also gives the writers a little more agency in doing things? Not with, like, playing around with fatality and stuff, but, like, we get to have fun with these characters while they will last? Um, I think that's a little bit of a double-edged sword, and I think it goes back to what Ben was saying. Because you you can't kill Mary off, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. You can only do so much to her because you already know how Mary dies. Same with the Star Wars prequels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you know Anakin's going to become Darth Vader. Yeah, you know Obi-Wan dies on the Death Star in a Mm -hmm. duel against Darth Vader in 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 A New Hope. So he can't die in Revenge of the Sith. Or Return of the Sith, or whatever the fuck. No, it is Return of yeah. the Sith. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So it it is, I think when you're writing a prequel, you do have to kind of balance that. Because you want suspense, you want your characters to be at risk and in danger, but you can't... Like, if it's a character who's got to survive until X, then they have to survive until X, you know? And obviously, there are mm-hmm. very successful prequel series who manage this. Like... Mm the clone wars wins all the awards right and they had to write it so that anakin and general grievous never met never meet yeah Yeah, that's so good which is so good (laughs) so funny hilarious and they managed it and they pulled it off with flying colors like it's definitely possible and oh yeah that that's what i mean by like have fun with the characters while you can Mm -hmm. like have all the silly zany plots you want because you know what's going to happen later. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about that. I see what you're saying. I guess maybe. I think it just kind of depends, you know? And I think it's, um, 
it's it's about you know the suspension of disbelief and it's about the type of story and tone you're trying to get um Mm -hmm. but there is something very strange about seeing a young mary winchester saunter across the screen looking for her dad knowing in 10 years she's going to be wearing a white dress pinned to the ceiling and caught on fire yeah and it's not a bad thing honestly it adds mm-hmm. a level of like hauntedness to the story you know for mm-hmm. yeah for sure it is it is like you you watch this scene of mary talking about her cousin dying and i can't remember if it was lotta or mary if it was i don't remember if it was lotta talking about mary or mary talking about her cousin like cousin who I've already forgotten her name but Uh, who died at 18 because she was a hunter Mm -hmm. and she'll never get to like see the rest of her life and that's like a haunting scene to hear Mary Winchester say when she's 10 years away from her own death right and it kind of also um, depends on how you feel about the fact that ultimately because I suspect this show is not only going to focus on John and Mary fighting the Arquitas or, um, you know, them, them having a relationship. I think it's also going to focus on this idea of like, can they escape the hunter lifestyle? Can anyone? And it's a tragedy because we know the answer to that. Yeah. And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Like if they decide to go, to, because unless they unless they retcon it to the point where like John and Mary were hunting on the side while they were raising Sam and Dean, and I don't think they're gonna do this. But if they yeah, did, the, my answer, you know, that obviously like things will change. Um, <coughs> but if we see John and Mary struggle to build a life together outside of hunting then no matter how the series ends, we know in just a few short years. I mean, a decade, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. That is nothing. People are married for 40, 50 years, right? Mm, Relationships yeah. can go on for the rest of people's lives. A decade is is no amount of time. For a, for a teenager? How old is Mary supposed to be? What, 21 at the oldest? Probably. Like, I don't know for certain. It's just, it's it's crazy to just watch, you know? I don't know. It just, it gives a feeling of weirdness. It's, it's, uh, yeah. <sighs> a character cannot escape their fate. Mm-hmm. And when you consider the fact that character is fate, because remember, Mary, you know, Mary's death is kind of... I mean, it's not really, but she had a hand in her own death. For sure. Like, I don't want to sit here and be like, it's her fault, because, like, that's not true, obviously. But she wasn't completely out of it either. Like, she made the demon deal. Yeah. She knew the demon was going to show up. She knew it was going to do something to, to Sam, and she still went to go interrupt it. And I think that that's pretty brave of her, right? Because she could have just mm-hmm. let whatever was going to happen happen, 
there's also a chance that she would have survived if she had. Like, this is a... Do not go into the Winchesters thinking this is going to be a story about triumph over good and evil. There's probably going to be part of that, but this is a tragedy. Yeah, you were talking about this being market like we were talking about it being marketed as a romance series, and I think it is definitely going to be more of a Shakespearean romance tragedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. star-crossed lovers a, for sure. Yeah, this is gonna. I mean, this is gonna be everyone dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't think Carlos and Lotta are gonna survive this series. Absolutely not. No, no, hundred percent, no. no, no, no. no. Millie's gonna die for sure. Millie's probably not probably not gonna survive the season. But if they do get a couple of seasons, Carlos and Lata are not making it out. Yeah, I mean, I my optimism says that Carlos and Lata are there till the end, but they do all go out by the end. Yeah. And obviously, I, I feel like an appropriate last episode for this series as a whole would be a rehash of Mary's death. Like, the rehash of that night. Also, yeah. if you are going to kill Robbie, I know you don't watch this show. Or listen to it. Whatever. This is a podcast. I've had a couple glasses of wine. I know you don't listen to this show. But please, if you are going to kill Carlos and Lata, please, God, give him a Sundance and Butch Cassidy ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Give please him, do that. Give him, give him an ending worthy of give Joe him, and Ellen. Give him Thelma and Louise. Yes, please. God, please. Have them drive Carlos's van off a cliff. Please oh, do not give them. You're going to make them... me cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm already so attached. <laughs> I'm already so attached to Carlos and 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 Lotta. Oh God. Um. By the way, this is an episode where Lotta really shines. Oh yeah, mm. she really did. Oh, it was yeah. awesome. So Mary has a, a bit of character development this episode. Uh, she starts out the episode "My Way or the Highway," and she's she's copying her dad, right? Like this is what Samuel mm-hmm. did to her, and now. As a leader, this is what she's doing to her friends. It's what Samuel did to Sam and Dean. Yeah. Oh, you mean what John did to Sam and Dean? Well, Samuel, too, in season six. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh, my God. I completely forgot that Samuel is a character in Supernatural. <laughs> 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 and for one blissful moment, I lived in a world where season six didn't exist. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Oh God. Anyway, needless to say, this these actions that Mary is doing is very deep seated in her character. Also, um, hey, right. Remember when I was talking about how characters fade and knowing how a character's story ends really gives you this haunted feeling as you watch this prequel. The feeling I have mm-hmm. right now is, what if we just left Samuel to die? <laughs> What? Yeah. What if? Maybe he's. Well, I guess. Maybe he's not maybe worth he saving. Maybe he's dead. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, we know he dies like pre supernatural series, anyways. So maybe this is it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot. I legitimately forgot. He shades like a major part of season six. Okay. Oh, Grandpa Campbell. 
Oh, Campbell's soup. Fucking grambles. Fucking grambles. Okay, anyways. Yes. Uh, Mary's character development is learning to, like, chill out and treat her um, Scooby-Doo gang as co-partners and not lackeys or soldiers in the army. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, again, continuing from the the pilot shows up in you know tells her what's what because Mary was about to fuck up and get them all killed or at least John killed and I I liked that I liked that Mary is struggling with leadership a little bit Mm. uh what do you guys think of Mary as the leader I mean it definitely makes sense she's the one with the most hunting experience um she is her father's daughter in that way like we in in season six we saw samuel posted as the leader and um i mean yeah it's just like that's her scooby-doo gang role she's the fred yeah she yeah she's the fred Mm -hmm. she just needs an ascot also um, I guess that makes John the Daphne. Yes. Okay. So hundred percent. John's so Daphne. Mary is Fred. Mm-hmm. John is Daphne. Lotta uh, is Velma. Lotta is Velma. Carlos is Shaggy. Carlos is Shaggy. They don't have a Scooby. No, not yet. Not yet. Could, could, not till they get that token evil best friend. They could. Oh. Oh, oh. Would that not be Shaggy? <laughs> <laughs> or Scrappy? Sorry. Oh, that yeah, that would be like that would be Scrappy. <laughs> that would be Scrappy. Oh my god. Who is the Crowley equivalent in the Winchester's prequel series? Please. Oh man. Robbie, please tell me you've included a Crowley equivalent of the Token Evil teammate. I don't think it'll be okay, well, Mark Shepard, to be clear. Do you want to get in? Do you want to get into this? What's Ada all up? What's Ada all about? You know what? That is a good point. I really hope she's not the token evil teammate, because they really were pushing her as a very mysterious character. Yeah. She... Okay, so I'm gonna say this about Ada. I like her character. I like the actress who plays her. She does not have, to me, a good token evil teammate. Either has to be like the the shadow of the group. Mm-hmm. Sonic is what I'm referencing there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Shadow yeah, the Hedgehog. Yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog, right? Where he's like the, oh, the Hiei. That's a better. There we mm-hmm. go. A reference I yeah. actually mm-hmm. understand. The Hiei, right? Where he's like a dick, but he comes around kind of, and he never completely shakes off that edgy bad boy evil side, but he ultimately like fights for good. But there's another type of token evil teammate, and that is Crowley, right? He mm-hmm. is always in it for himself, except occasionally when he supports the people he cares about, which are few and far between. He, he's a chess master. He has a love of life. He's, he's a bon vivant, right? And I hope that's what they go for. I hope, I hope we get another Crowley in this show, honestly. I can yeah. definitely see it happening. And I hope 
maybe in the next few episodes, maybe not the next next, but maybe episode four or five, I could see that happening. Is that they're at least introduced, they may not be like a mainstay of the group, but they do get... But they introduce a reoccurring character that will be the Crowley. Yeah. Uh, Crowley also in his early p- appearances is not a mainstay of the group. Oh, in yeah. In his first several seasons. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be very appropriate. Oh, you know what I don't want, though, if they're going to do this? Can we please not pussyfoot around with, well, some monsters are evil and some monsters are good. Actually, they're all evil, blah, 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 blah. Like, guys, if we're going to have monsters who are good guys, let's just accept early on that there are some monsters who are morally conflicted and they're not all, like, insta-kill bad, okay? And, yeah. and And let's remember that later in the show. Let's not... Let's not do this whole, like, well, all monsters are evil every time we come across a monster who's, like, not completely evil. Mm-hmm. Is that too much to ask? We'll see. Also, no alternate dimensions that are the Wizard of Oz. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, let's talk about Ada. So, Ada gets left behind while they go handle the um, monster of the week, which is the mm-hmm. tree murderer. The two. The tunda. The tunda. Okay. The murder tree. Uh, who's chilling at this commune and um, takes on the forms of disapproving parents because she's an abusive mother type figure. So Ada is left to try to fix the box and then also has a couple of key conversations with Millie. And by a couple, I mean one. Um, and then she does this weird magic thing, which makes me think, which? But also Missouri Mosley vibes. Mm. Um, yeah. Specifically, she takes a potion to dig into the recesses of her subconscious to try to like glean more information about the demon that possessed her. I thought that was fascinating. I thought it was too. And I thought it was like super cool how she, you know, cause basically she's like writing all these stuff down, these symbols and she's like tranced out. I, I thought it was pretty dope. Yeah. But I don't know something about her. She knows more. She knows, mm-hmm. and more. then, so we get her. We get the scene of her doing that with no context, mm-hmm. and then she explains to the gang what she did later. Um, and oh god, I immediately forgot what I was where I was going with that. Oh, but like seeing her like do all that, like go into a trance and start scribbling down like demon language, mm-hmm. is pretty nuts. <laughs> like. It was pretty wild to see without any, like, major context. Well, um, it makes me wonder, because she had that explanation, so I'm like, okay, are we supposed to understand that Ada is being upfront and honest with the group, or are we supposed to think there's something more going on with her? I truly don't know it, yet, but I'm curious yeah, to learn it, more. It, it might, might be both. Um yeah, so it's definitely, like, how involved with the Men of Letters was she? If she was, like, feeding them and hunters like Samuel information all the time. Well, and here's the, th- uh, here's the thing about the Men of Letters. They are, okay, so 
the hunters are the everyman, right? The blue collar workers. The men of letters are more um, your Wall Street finance bros. And in the sh- in the show, they compare them to the Freemasons, which is hilarious. Yes, but also feels pretty accurate. Secret so- <laughs> yeah. secret underground society, like yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, by benefit of being a secret underground society, they are exclusive and kind of snooty about it. They're also extremely protective of any and all, you know, information that they have. So I could definitely see Ada, if she was a man, a man of letters or a woman of letters or whatever, I could see Ada, like, holding back information from the hunters that she works with. Um, yeah. But I don't think she's meant to be, well, I don't know. Right now, my gut says, and I mentioned this earlier, I think she's ultimately a good person, but I think she's maybe messing around with stuff that she cannot control and does not completely understand. Hmm. And that might lead to some villainous hanky-panky. For sure. Because she left Millie Jasmine for protection. Oh, yeah. In the conversation that they had. What do you think, Ben? Mm. Yeah, I think you're... I think that's exactly where she's headed. Is that she doesn't know what she's dealing with and handling. And she's either going to be... Well, that would be kind of cool if... She ends up being the big bad. Just being the vessel of the big, of the big bad, at least because she's handling stuff that she doesn't know. And we really don't know anything at all about the, uh, a Cree, LaCree. A, a Creta. The LaCroix, whatever they're called. Let's call them the LaCroix. I like that. But yeah, I really don't think, because that feels like way too big of a Chekhov's gun to not mean anything. Right? No, no I'm with you. Like, I see you, Scooby-Doo, but I'm curious, you know? Where are you? Who, 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 who? who? Oh, it's who are you. Sorry, not where are you. Who are you, Ada? Who? Because I really want to know. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I would would agree. I think that, um... I think that, uh... Ada, Ada's got something more going on. And mm. I wish to learn more. I have a question for y'all. It's yeah. about when... Do you think either of these characters will show up? Because it's Missouri Mosby, right? Mosley. 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 And then we've got Bobby, who are potential characters for this show. Do you guys think... That they will show up in the show. Mm, I think Missouri Mosley is too old of a character to show up. Mm. Oh, like see, I think she was. Sorry, go ahead. She was a Kripke character. Like she was what season two, three, mm. um, or even like season one and two, really. So I think she's too 
old of a meta character to show up. And Bobby, I think, is definitely more likely. But I think... Isn't the lore that John met Bobby after Mary's death? Yeah, but, like, it's also the lore that none of this happened. True. So... So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we may see we may see young Bobby. I do think Missouri <laughs> is a little bit more possible. But... I agree, Ben. I think Missouri is more likely. Uh, but I really only think that's possible if Ada goes, like, full dark side with the, La- with the LaCroix. And they have to find somebody even, like, stronger magical-wise to talk to about this stuff. You know what I wonder? I wonder if Ada is Missouri. That's a good I, point. That thought crossed my mind. She is the right age. Yeah. She is, like, a vaguely magical um, person. She has, like, some knowledge of some magic nonsense. Missouri was psychic. Um... And she seems to be filling in that role. And it's like, well, who's to say she didn't have, like, a thing where she had to change her name or something. Although it Mm. is also canon that John didn't meet Missouri until post-Mary's death either. But again, clearly some canon has been lightly tossed out the window. It would not Mm -hmm. be insane to think that, like, Ada could be Missouri, you know? Hmm. Just, like, had to change her name and run. And then, like, John tracks her down years later after Mary's death or whatever. Yeah. Um. But we'll have to see. Just, like, with anything. Do I think it's super oh, yeah. likely that that's the case? Not really. But... I don't know. We'll see. My question is, do you want Missouri or Bobby to show up? Me? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. What about you, Travis? I'm on the fence. I think this show can be just fine without a Missouri or a Bobby. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't... I, I'm not going to poo-poo the idea yeah. of Bobby showing up. Oh, yeah. I know I complained about fan service in the first part of this episode. But I say... If you're already, gonna, if you're already tickling the balls... Why not go for the shaft? Stroke the shaft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, tickle the frenulum. Lick it even. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to say I'm I'm with you, Travis. My first instinct was no Bobby. Don't want to see it. Don't particularly want to see young Bobby. If I'm going to see young Bobby, I want him to be running around with Rufus. And I want him to get his own prequel show. That would be dope as fuck. But if we are going to see Bobby, I wouldn't say no to it because I do love his character, but I would Mm. want him to be used sparingly because I don't want him to detract from the cool new characters we're getting. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine Carlos and Bobby meeting and it turning out any way that's good. And sometimes that can be fun in that of itself, but I don't want it to be like overpowering you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah if we get bobby yeah. i want him to show up like very lightly i don't want him to be part of the scooby-doo crew oh no i i mm-hmm. kind of want him just to be like 
shown once. Like, um, to go back to, I think it's like X-Men Days of Future Past, when they go and try and get um, Wolverine, and he's the one that gets the fuck out of the, oh. like, the R-rated movie. Yeah, 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 I, I like that. I, I, like I kind of want that, yeah. You know what I kind of want now? Bobby as Garth. Oh, just a derpy uh, little, yeah. like, nerd? Oh, hell I yeah. I want him to be the Garth of the series, where everybody, mm. like, the reason why they don't go to him for help very often is because they're like, yeah, I mean, he's, he, like, gets the job done, but he's real weird about it. Mm. Did Bobby serve? Um, or do we know? I don't I don't remember. think we know. I think I think he's something. I happened. mean, he's like the same age that it would make sense. Yeah, he's he's definitely a little bit older than John, but yeah, it would definitely make sense too for him to have served in Vietnam. But I don't remember. I don't know if we ever find out. Um, here's what I remember about Bobby: he had an abusive father. Uh, the reason why he got into hunting is because his wife was possessed by a demon and he had to kill her, but he did not know about supernatural creatures before that. Um, and then after that, he was like doing hunting stuff. He worked a lot with Rufus. He, you know, as he got older, he established himself as a hyper capable badass of retirement to was very good with, you know, the support side of things, but not necessarily going out and hunting monsters. Uh, he, at some point, met uh, John, Dean, and Sam when Dean and Sam were children. John and him had a falling out, I imagine, but I'm not sure if it's ever stated it's because of how John was treating his kids. But, like, that's, that, that, I don't think that's canon. I think that's, like, a headcanon that I have. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing on anything on SupernaturalWiki.com about him serving, so, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, uh, you know, at the end of season one, Sam and Dean reconnect with Bobby, and he's a fixture in the show up until he dies in season seven. Yeah. So, rip, rip to Bobby. And I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> Well, at least I know I'm free. Um, yeah, that's my verdict. I don't know. I don't know if I want him to show up. Kind of hope he doesn't. Yeah. But kind of hope he does. Yeah. Just depends on what they do with him, honestly. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else about this episode? Uh, let's see. Let's see. I, I didn't write down as many notes on this episode, and I think it's because I was so wrapped up in watching it. Oh, I have a, I, I have a, yeah, I definitely had less notes. Um, nobody dies. Did you catch that? Yeah, no one did die. Yeah, everyone survives like, this even episode. The, even the victims that we saw get captured on screen, like, they didn't die. Nope. They get, they're a little worse for rare, but everybody walks out. And I think, I think that is... I think that is part of how they stuck true to the monster, too, because when I read that Wikipedia article, it said that it just it keeps you in its lair for a while and feeds you shrimp until it does need you. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Googling where uh, to find this monster real quick in real life. Latunda? Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, I wouldn't mind being, like, shacked up in a tree being fed shrimp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As far as monsters go. The dream, honestly. The, the millennial dream. Yeah, the Latunda. Oh, wait, do I have to pay a mortgage? Oh, no? <laughs> well, you just in have that to face case, some. You just have to face some emotional damage, but then you get all the shrimp you could eat. Yeah, I mean, well, we all make sacrifices in life, huh? Mm, hell you know, yeah. Nobody's ever completely happy. Um. I. Yeah, I really liked this episode, and I I liked I kind of like that nobody died. Mm. It was nice. Yeah. Um, I like the way that John and his mom reconciled. And here's something that happened. There were two moments this episode that I was like, "Oh, John didn't learn that lesson very well." Uh, the first one I already talked about the fact that you know Millie says, "When you have kids, maybe you'll understand." how terrible it is to put them in danger <laughs> he does not actually uh or at least not enough that he stops putting his children in danger but then also at the end of the episode millie explains how so john gives millie this uh, photo of his, her and henry and millie tells the story about how the day the photo was taken they had a terrible fight but they always ended their fights, like, reassuring the other that they love each other, no matter what, right? They mm -hmm. never, like, even if they were still pissing vinegar angry at them, they never let somebody walk out that door. John doesn't do that with his children. So Millie says, I'll never let you leave without you knowing that I love you. John kicks Sam out because Sam wants to go to Stanford and tells him to never come back. I thought that was in I thought that was a little interesting parallel between Millie and John. By parallel, I mean perpendicular L. <laughs> because John does the opposite of what Millie does. Um. But yeah, but yeah, I thought I thought the thorough line of like Millie and John's relationship was super sweet. Um, oh, yeah, I thought I the little Tunda was a great monster that tied into that. Hmm. Uh, I thought the commune scenes were entertaining. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were fun and goofy. Yeah. Um, I loved the singing scene with Carlos and yeah. Lata when they found out that they were going to go to the commune. That was fun. And. Also, I'm going to say... And good editing in that scene, too. Yes, good editing in that scene. And then also, okay, this is the second episode of the music. Knocking it out of the park. Yeah, really knocking it out. We got a little... You got... Age of Aquarius. Got, uh, yeah, Age of Aquarius. Got Teacher Children by uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which also got a shout-out during the episode. Yes. Um, What's-her-face? Mary gets compared to Crosby... And later she's like, Carlos, what does that make you? And Carlos is like, Neil Young, baby cakes. And I don't know enough about 70s music to say whether or not that's true. But Carlos, you are so right. So here's a fun little fact. It, it, this is why 
Carlos saying that he was young in that group uh, because Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, they were four of them, but then Neil Young left the group, so then it was just Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So it kind of fits into his character of being like kind of flighty. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's now that's a good Easter egg. Yeah, that that was a good one. Mm-hmm. And just like you gotta know about that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, it's literally Mary says it. Uh, here's here's the quote, um, Mary. But if it was up to me, you'd be David Crosby. You know, C, S, N, and Y. Or no, that's... Wait. Does Mary say that? No. Carlos says that line. Anyway. Wikis, you know? Yeah. Uh, But if it was up to me, you'd be David Crosby. You know, C, S, N, and Y. And then Mary says, there's no Y anymore. Uh, This refers to Crosby, Sills, and Nash. They broke up in 71 and reformed in 73. Neil Young achieved huge solo success in 72 with his album Harvest and its top 240 singles, Hearted Gold and Old Man. So when they reformed, there was, he was so successful that he didn't come back to Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Right. It was just Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And? There was also a Little Shop of Horrors reference. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. With uh, op- the, they compare the plant to uh, Aubrey too, right? Mm-hmm. And um, was Little Shop of Horrors out at the time? Yeah. So there was a 1960 movie, Little Shop of Horrors. The movie was made into a stage musical in '82 okay. that, in turn, became became the '86 movie starring Rick Moranis. See, I did not know that there was a movie predating, um, the stage musical. But fun fact, buddy. Me too. I learned about that today. Yeah. <laughs> but fun fact about uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the stage musical, the music, uh, the book for that was written by Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, who would go on to launch the Disney Renaissance period with um, mm. oh. the Little Mermaid. And nice. Howard Ashman actually uh, posthumously run an Oscar for his work in the music on Beauty and the Beast because he died of AIDS um, before the movie could be released. Damn. Yeah. So, Hatterman, pretty cool guy. So, like, mm-hmm. you hear about in The Little Mermaid how um, Ursula is based off Divine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's like Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. They mm-hmm. did that with the song. <laughs> like... Oh. That was awesome. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so going back to the uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young thing, here's a little minutia from SupernaturalWiki.com. The two bands mentioned in this episode, Fleetwood Mac and uh, CSNY, often had tensions and breakups, both personal and professional, which are mirrored in Mary's relationships with her friends in this episode. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that is true. Also, now I have, and if you're gonna love me now, I break the chain yeah. stuck in my head. <laughs> you don't never love me again. You see your face, you don't never break the chain. Sorry, that, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the plot of this episode in many ways mirrors uh, season one, episode two, Wendigo, the second episode of Supernatural in 
that both episodes follow clues left by their missing parent, John slash Samuel, that lead to a hunting job while said parent is still missing. Hmm. Which I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> that does feel I think there's familiar. a few, I feel like there's a few more similarities than that. And they're both based in the woods. And also they're about the, the episodes about the, parents of that guy of those guys from the first time they did this <laughs> so weird weird crazy what madness anyways um yeah this episode's a 10 out of 10 for me yeah um I think 10 out, 10 out of 10? Really? No, not a 10 out of 10. I, I'm going to give okay. it like a 7 out of 10. I'm going to give it, yeah, I was going to say like 7.5, maybe 8. Yeah. Maybe 8. Oh, also, John defeats the Tunda by believing in himself. Yeah. And breaking out of its tree branches, which turned out to be pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. Those things looked like they were made of balsa wood, which they probably were. <laughs> that leg certainly was. Fuck. I wonder if um, some of the tree branch uh, effect that they used was practical. Obviously, when John was breaking out, but I wonder if anything else, too. I bet that leg was. Yeah, the leg probably was. But I wonder if when people were getting kidnapped in the woods, that that was completely CGI. Oh, I 100% think that was. Yeah. Like, with the the tree tentacles coming out of the hands, that was definitely CGI. Hey, will you check uh, AO3 and see if anyone's published any tree tentacle porn? Just out of curiosity. I'm not going to do that. Why why wouldn't you want to do that? Just kidding. I am going to do that. Thank you, What are we looking up? Tree... Just look up. Just look up tentacles. Tree, tree, tree tentacles. Just look up, tree no, just tentacles. plus tentacles. Just your average tentacle tree sex spell. Just, there you go. Supernatural 2005. Oh my god. <laughs> what is this shock in your voice? What is this? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm so surprised. Travis, get your head out of your ass. Here's, here's the, here's the tags. Teen Winchester slash a tree. Yeah, obviously. Don't be. Don't be a fucking dumbass, okay? Oh my god. You... Dean has sex with a possessed tree for a spell. Yeah, I am aware, okay? You don't have to go any further. I already know. Oh, it's... It's Witch Dean. Like, witch exclamation point Dean. Look, have I... Like, it's Dean, but he's a witch. Have I read this fanfic? No. Okay? I'm going to share it. I'm gonna share it in the Discord. You don't have to do that. And for only a dollar a month, I'm 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 going to. You could have access for a dollar a month. You can see this. <laughs> or <laughs> oh, here's one. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't it be nice? It's a Witcher. Uh, Geralt of Rivia slash a tree. Oh, this one has overposition in it. Okay. Why don't you explain for the class what that is, Travis? That's when eggs... It's when you get eggs put inside of you. Yeah, yeah. All right. I am going to be doing the Lord's work and doing this correctly, okay? And the answer is no. There is not yet any tentacle porn in the Winchester's uh, 
fandom, but you know, that oh, could I, change any I day. I could have told you that. Okay. I already looked at all those. Oh my god. How many how many Winchesters fan oh, there's only twenty two. Yeah, there's only twenty two. I said that earlier. Yeah, well I forgot about the numbers. Let's take a Ooh, here's a teen wolf thing called the giving tree. Travis, what have I done to you? What have I done to you? Me? You you haven't done anything that high school Travis hasn't already done to himself. Oh God! Well, that makes me feel a little better, I guess. Anyways, let's um focus focus back in. Uh, otherwise, this episode will never end. And the last episode on this page is a Raylo fic, so that's the end of that. All right. Well, now that we've gone to the depths of uh, fan fiction of Ao3. I'm still, I'm still salty over the fact that Mary doesn't like cabaret. Yeah. But I think it gave us a very important character read on Carlos. You're right. And that is that he is as queer as a $3 bill. And oh, yeah. has excellent, excellent taste in musicals. If, if Carlos doesn't reference a John Waters movie by the end of this series, then it's all for oh, naught. Oh, all for naught. For nothing. Like, at least do Hairspray. At least, I mean, I would like to see some Pink Flamingos talked about. Oh, yeah. That that would be that would be the real shit. Filth is my I don't know the monologue. Filth is my <laughs> life. <laughs> um And hey, that would be that's the perfect timeline too, because Pink Flamingos was seventy two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I think they should have a Pink Flamingos movie watching night. I think they should just get the rights to show that movie and then the entire episode is just Pink Flamingos based. Oh, they wouldn't do a hairspray reference because that was 88 well yeah no they're not but gonna pink flamingos yeah no <laughs> I was gonna say, well maybe but no definitely not we'd have yeah, to no do, they're, they're not we'd have to do a flash um, forward with that one and also mary's dead by that point so and let's yeah, be real that, it was so the, the reference would definitely have to be too. pink flamingos at best yeah. oh lotta 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 she is not long to for this world Boom. Oh um, that was that was a stretch. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my knees are hurting a little bit from that. Um, but I like th- I like her a lot in this episode. I like the fact that she realizes this monster is not a mimic. Um, I like the fact that she keeps digging to figure out what it actually is. And that she doesn't yeah. listen to Mary. Again, none of these people are... Mary is my way or the highway, and literally everyone is like, okay, anyways, and just going off doing everything, <laughs> yeah. which I love. And I love that Carlos is like, hey, Mary, um, shut the fuck up and, like, stop being your dad. Okay? Yeah. Cool. I Honestly, I love Mary and Carlos's relationship. Uh, it is good. Yeah. So... I want the third episode. This it's the highest compliment I can give to Supernatural property. I want to see the third episode. Me too. I'm I'm definitely going to watch it after it is available to stream on the CW website despite how many ads you have to watch. Honestly, I didn't have to watch that many ads. 
I had a ton. <laughs> like by the time I was watching the second one, it was like I couldn't go. I couldn't go five minutes without without a fucking ad break. Really? I didn't have that issue. Would you watch it through? Weird. On the CW. Okay. On the on the website. Mm. Like I had ad breaks, but I, it wasn't like every two seconds. Yeah. And mine mine was a lot, and it was also like four ads per break. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, it was like something was going on. I, I must have been watching it during a high traffic time or something. Yeah. Because they were really pushing them. Um. What do you think, Ben? Are you going to watch episode three? Yeah. Yeah. You are terribly enthusiastic. Well, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to watch it like as soon as it comes out. I mean, it is only in like two days technically, so it's going to be fresher on the mind. May as well go ahead and watch it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I may even try to keep up with it. We'll see what happens. I say yeah. no promises. Because they could, they could bung this up. I mean, Dead the Water was episode three of Supernatural, and it was terrible. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Good job speaking that into existence. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then what about, oh, God, what is episode eight of the Winchesters going to be like? <sighs> Bugs. Bugs. Bugs, 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 bugs. Okay. Um, you know what? Winchester's overall, I give a solid meh point five out of ten. This episode, yeah. I give a solid seven out of ten. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I give it all a fine out of ten. Yeah. The pilot, I stand by my four out of ten. And I stand mm -hmm. by one entire point belonging to Carlos. Mm. Light of my life. And I knew it the minute I watched the trailer. I was like, oh, Worm? Who's this person? Who's this fella? This non-binary he, him pronoun user. Yeah. We stand. We stand for the, alf for the outfits alone, we stand. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Any final thoughts before I read up some uh, reviews on the second episode? Um. Oh, do we want to talk about the mysterious figure at the end? Oh, right. We had a we had an ending stinger stinger with a with a mysterious cloaked figure also, leading an army of crab scorpions. Sorry. I'm going to say this. I appreciate the fact that this episode ends with the Scooby-Doo crew hanging out in eating the pizza. clubhouse. Yeah, eating pizza. Also, I like... It was a good, was a good time. I like, now I really want some fucking pizza. <laughs> also, it was plain cheese pizza. <laughs> just, just regular old cheese. I don't know. I liked it. I liked that kind of camaraderie, you know? I think was the so there was a little joke about the plain cheese pizza and I think Carlos is like just like your personality which I think was was sort of a meta joke yeah directed at uh oh god Mary I think <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Directed at Robbie Thompson. (laughs) (sighs) But this episode was also, well, this episode was written by Robbie and David H. Goodman. Maybe David fucking hates Robbie. I'm going to get him. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So uh, this is, this was David H. Goodman's first episode of the Winchesters. Um, He was a producer and script coordinator for sci-fi series the visitor in 97 then he moved to the same job with buffy uh after a stint as a writer on angel he went to produce shows including crime procedural without a trace he worked on fringe and he also worked on once upon a time and his most recent uh credit was executive producer of 2020's amazing stories so He's got some stuff under his belt. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's what Robbie needs. A pal. A good... Yeah, someone who's actually good. (laughs) (laughs) Travis is just like, the gloves are off. (laughs) Straight up. I have... have, uh, multiple times express my dislike of Robbie Thompson's writing on this show. I know. Like, every time... When I look at his writing credits for Supernatural... Buddy... They're all episodes that I do not like. Tell us how you really feel. Hold nothing back. I'm fucking, I'm fucking saying it. Who, who would you have chosen um, if not Robbie Thompson? Buck Loving. Oh, God. Fuck no. Oh, come on. You don't want to... You didn't want to see John and Mary struggle past... Okay, so I was going to make a joke about struggling past thinly disguised, thinly veiled uh, fetish material, but that was kind of this episode. See you soon. With the tree tentacles. Yeah. Um. Like, at one point, the tunda penetrates uh, John. I'm just saying. Like... Let me see. Oh, I need to find a list of supernatural writers. Uh, cast and crew. Writer. Um. Jeremy Carter? Question mark. Maybe Jeremy Carter because he wrote episodes like Death Takes a Holiday. Mm. <clears throat> who wrote Weekend at Bobby's? Yeah. <coughs> uh, oh, who wrote Weekend at Bobby's? Oh, oh, wait. Actually, I have an answer. I have an answer for this. Um, Eric Kripke. Yeah. <laughs> I would have really liked to see what he'd done with it. Yeah. Yeah. With the characters he created. <laughs> For the show that he wrote and ran for five years. You know, it's funny. Definitely. Andrew Dabbs, uh, also a maybe. You know what? I actually would have liked to see Sarah Gamble take a spin at this. Yeah, but I, I, I haven't. I didn't say Sarah Gamble because I knew how unlikely that would have been. Yeah. 
Like I was trying, I was trying to think of people who might have come back to do it. Yeah, no. Well, then we got to take Eric off the list too, because there was no yeah. way. Never in a million um, years. The crip is done with supernatural. Outside of giving the finale a good review, right? Of the view. Wait, he did that. Um. What more? What it was is that when the finale came out, people were like, "What does Eric Kripke think about it?" And Eric Kripke was like, and he was "I like, saw, it's fine. I saw the script before it happened, and I totally thought it was a great way to end the show." Blah blah blah. Yeah, very okay. like political. Yes. Oh political, yeah, very like, much okay. so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, I'm going to start reading some reviews because this episode is the episode that shan't end. It's three hours long. So it's time to wrap this baby up. If you got anything to say, say it right now while I'm picking reviews. Make it quick, buckaroos. Um, that mysterious figure really hooked me in. Yeah, yes. that's like fair. that. Yeah. That did. That's what did it for me. I want to know about that. I want to know if that's the Akrita. I want to know if it's something else related to the Akrita. Yes. I want to know what's going on, and I want to watch more episodes about Honestly, it. Honestly, that moment should have been in the pilot instead of Dean's dumb voiceover ending. But whatever. Uh, nothing is they, perfect. We can't have everything we want. Yeah, I think. I think this is. This is the real first episode. Mm. I mean, because that's how pilots are sometimes, mm-hmm. too. It's like, yeah, yeah, we made the pilot, and it, it got sold, but now we actually got greenlit, and we get to make our real first episode. So this was the first real episode of the Winchesters. That's how I see it. Yeah, that's fair. Fair and valid, even. Mm-hmm. Because, like we said earlier, pilots are made for test audiences and executives. Um, executives, mm-hmm. and once you get pat, once you get that green light, gates aren't totally open, but they're open just enough for you to do a little sprint. All right, and I've picked the reviews. Conversation over. Excellent. This one first, the best kind of dumb. Yes! This episode proves that silly, cheesy happiness will always be hilariously entertaining, and I am so happy to see they actually utilizing costumes and makeup and effects, something the last seasons of Supernatural fell out of habit of. Yes. 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 The parallels between Dean and Mary are never ending, and the foreshadowing of the person John becomes gives me all the brain worms. Seeing new monsters and legend being actualized is a delight as well, something beyond demons and witches and God, which is just people looking like people. It's so refreshing, and it's all capped off with a cheesy montage. Just chef's kiss, 9 out of 10. 100% agree. Like, absolutely. And... I hope that this vibe of the series is sustained. Like, I think Supernatural took itself a little... Not all the time, because Supernatural did get silly. Uh Supernatural continues to be silly. But I think there were moments where it took itself way too seriously when it should not have. Well, you know what it is? What's that? Mary, John... Carlos and Lata like each other, and Sam and Dean. Oh my God! Don't by the end of the yes, show. Yes, you're right. That 
is what it is. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, even though Carlos and Mary are kind of hissing at each other, like, Mary gives Carlos a nickname. I shan't repeat it because I hated it. But it is a nickname, nonetheless. And that matters. The fact that Carlos gets her her favorite pizza and ribs her, that matters. The fact that he drops a slice of pizza on what Lata is reading. You know what I mean? And John is definitely the odd one out of that little trio. But... I'm a fan. Like, they care about each other. They like each other. I don't expect it to last. I hope it doesn't get as bad as Supernatural did in its worst moments. But the Supernatural, one of the best moments of season one is that episode where Sam and Dean just prank each other, like, the entire time. Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh, yeah, these are brothers. Like, in the pilot episode, what really sold me on Sam and Dean's relationship is the fact that um, oh no, this isn't a pilot episode thing. The bikini inspector thing. Oh yeah, you know, that's such like a that's such a brother shit move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just the, the the bitch and jerk thing. But where we are in the show right now, Sam and Dean might as well be two strangers who are forced to cohabitate and occasionally give some lip service to how much they care about each other. God, you're so right. Yeah. And honestly, the show steadily starts spending more, less and less time on Sam and Dean and more and more time on Cass and Dean's relationship, except I'm not convinced Cass and Dean like each other very much either. Not right now, anyway. No, for sure not. And by right now, we mean... Season 10. The beginnings of season 10, yeah. which is where we are in, in Have Gas. Yes. Yeah, so, anyways, I have to read some more reviews, because some of these have hilarious titles, and I'm loving it. God, yes. Generational trauma? We love it. (laughs) (laughs) For our second episode, this really showed the writers knew what they were doing. Given what we know from the original show's canon, especially when it involves John Winchester, having an episode dedicated to abusive parents is a hell of a way to announce that they know exactly where they're going. The storyline was great, and I adored them keeping up with how much John and Mary's paternal figures have affected them in such different ways, but have led them to the same path. I love the performances from all the cast, but I have to say, standout performances from this episode have to be Jojo, who plays Carlos, when they began singing Song of Aquarius, and Bianca, who plays Millie, channeling such creepy energy as this week's monster uh yes bianca did a really good job um both Mm -hmm. as like millie millie and then also as the tunda uh great episode and can't wait to see next week's eight out of ten incredible Mm -hmm. all right i'm trying to find like a low one on this episode but i think they're all pretty high the lowest one's like a seven Yeah. yeah here's an unrated one with kind of a meh like a meh title still not there yet i can't help thinking that what made supernatural so compelling was the casting the people who eventually made the roles their own sam and dean were spot on right out of the gate and as the show progressed the casting just got better and better for instance the minute crowley opened his mouth and uttered his first line we knew we wanted more same with bobby rufus rowena lucifer meg 
both incarnations, but especially Rachel Miner, who's Meg too. Those people helped make the show. The casting was exceptional. The storylines were all put together, well put together and adult. The show seems more aimed at strictly teens, even though it's a seven, 1970s based period piece. The 70s flashback and Supernatural seem more realistic than the show has so far tried to portray. We'll give it another try next week, but so far there's really nothing that makes this must-see TV for us older folks who are fans of Supernatural. And there's no rating on this one. Okay, here's my thought on that. It's not for you, it is for the team. Yes. And it's for me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I like it. (laughs) Yeah. But like, yeah, that's... That's how I feel about all of those CW shows. They're not for me, who is about to be 30. They're for, like, current 15-year-olds. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I think this show... It's like re- it's like reading a YA book and going, Why isn't this adult enough? <laughs> well, That's fair. First of all, this show has something that Supernatural didn't really, which is drugs. Casual drug use. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. second of all, yes, it is a CW show. I don't know. I think they're going to try to hit a balance between attracting old fans and attracting, you know, new fans. But they do have to hit that balance. They can't just be for Supernatural fans. I know that's the built-in audience. I know that's who's mostly going to be attracted to the show. But anytime you do a prequel series like this, the goal is also to bring in new fans. Obviously, it's not just going to be like Dusty L. Shepherds. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what to tell you. That's like, um, there's a quote about the prequels. I don't know if it's a direct George Lucas quote, but it's basically like the Star Wars, the original Star Wars series was for the kids of the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm the Star Wars prequels were for the kids of the 90s and 2000s. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't the truest thing I've ever heard, because there are people that are like our age or a little younger than us that love the prequels because they were the Star Wars movies that we saw in theaters as children. You're talking about me. Yes. Ari Kobor. And I'm talking about me too. I said it. I love Revenge of the Sith. Yes. I love and that movie. Look, do I look back? Ari, Ari, didn't you didn't you watch Revenge of the Sith for the first time like five months ago? No, I saw it in theaters. Oh, okay. It had been my first time seeing it since seeing it in theaters. Look. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like that's that's the point. Yeah. Like we 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 both nailed it. We're we're so good at this. We should do a podcast. Oh my god, I was thinking the same thing. What did, what should it be about though? Maybe Supernatural. I don't know. I think that's a little old hat. You know what? You're probably right. Honestly, there are a lot of Supernatural podcasts out there, and one of them has the most amazing name. Probably the best name for a Supernatural podcast ever. Um, yeah, it's a great Let's name. say it together on three. One, okay. two, One, two three, the road three. so far. Balls. Oh. Oh, okay. Monster of the week. Ah, uh, All right. I think it's about time we wrap this very special episode, Habcast Edition, up. Yeah. I think it is, too. Have we had an episode over three hours before? I think we did once. It's it's been a while. That's some season one. It's been a while, but I think we have done it. And I think it was also a double episode like this. Some of our season one episodes were extremely long, though. Hey, look at us getting back to our roots. Yeah. 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 Let's never do this again. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell. Well, any other thoughts, wishes, and what have you? That's all I got. Yeah, that's it. All right. I'm I'm pretty happy. Hell yeah. Me too. I am. I mean, like, okay. Here's the last question: Were we all impressed by this because we had such low expectations? Um. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that has a little bit to do with yes. I would agree. Because I could see coming back to the opening of this series in a year or so and going, you know, it was mid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for right now, I think, and it's probably because we're in the middle of season ten, so we're just like, God, please, thank God, some good fucking supernatural. Content. I know, right? <laughs> I, Finally. I would- I was finally some good fucking food. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> yeah, I would I will say this was a pleasantly whelming experience of a show. Yes. Yes. It kind of reminds me of yeah. why I like Supernatural in the first place. The yeah. Just about, yeah. Yeah. Well, next time we see you it'll be Back at it. Back at it at the Super Cream. Yeah, we'll be. Yeah, we'll be back at it in the Habcast in yep. times. Back with season. Back, oh, back with. Back, back in the back in the season ten trenches. Season 10. <laughs> Although, if you don't think that I won't be bringing up the Winchesters every once in a while, you're dead mm-hmm. wrong. I'm gonna be like, this is what I feel about the Winchesters. <laughs> <laughs> All are right. you going to finish the season, Travis, of, of the Winchesters? Do are what? you going to finish the season? So, f- I, at this point, my brain is saying absolutely. Okay. Hell yeah. But what does your heart say? My heart says... Well, the... The, the, uh, <laughs> the event is in progress. There you is, go. What do your balls say? Hmm. They say it's all right. All right, fair enough. Guys, I don't know how to end this episode. Um, end it now. That's it. I mean, we end have it on. It I don't know yeah. how to end this episode. We've plugged the Discord. We've talked it through. Yeah. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>